Greetings, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, LaToya Ferguson. Hey, LaToya. I would just like to maintain that this episode of television is not in uh, our top ten worst episodes of television, but uh, I would say Royal Pains is, so there you go. <laughs> Strong points for LaToya. And we are joined by returning uh, We Hate White Guys specialist, Samantha Moya. What's up, Sam? <laughs> That, that is your specialty, I would say. I know, it's a great yeah. specialty to have. How are you? <laughs> Pretty good, how are you guys? Ready to talk about, one? like, the worst thing I think you probably watched? <laughs> I mean, I would say maybe there are parts of 90210 that are, like, technically worse. Like, it's not as good-looking a show. It's not the top ten of worst things we've watched. No, Laura. but Sam has watched. <laughs> your personal bias. Sam has watched better again. shows than this for our show, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Well, duh. <laughs> we also watch a lot of shitty shows yes we do i mean that it's kind of like one of those things that we decided to base the whole podcast around or whatever but <laughs> anyway so um as you can see by the title and our little uh intro there we were watching uh for my birthday for whatever reason um i decided to choose one of the shows i've had a long-standing grudge against uh which is suits uh season three episode six the other time is a specific episode we watched i have a hard time with the show at large I think most people do. I think it's kind of fallen onto one of those shows where people just make fun of it because it's ridiculous. But it gets tons of viewers, so it, there is a lot of. Po- it's probably still the most popular show in USA. Oh yeah. So, definitely. I, I there there's some bones you have to pick with it, but it's also not without its own. Um, people fucking like go hard for the show for whatever reason. But um, yeah. So let's let's we can get into it. This, but I, I'm sorry. What <laughs> I understand, like this is not an episode of television, but like it, it's making me go insane when you're when you're throwing in digs. Like people go for hard for the show for some reason when we know the shows you've gone hard for that we've covered. Oh on yeah, this podcast, I'm sorry. Laura, you're you're right. That are I know. Worse than this show. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. The big goddamn Bang Theory. I n- I don't go hard for that show. You went hard for that show at any time in your life. Past tense. <laughs> we all make mistakes, Latoya. I, I was a child. And yet you're like heavily <laughs> criticizing Suits. Well, see the thing a is, show with I, a phenomenal I was, cast and phenomenal guest stars, really. So very true, very true. And see the thing I think I have a hard time with Suits is I happen to watch it at a point in my life where. I was just past the point of giving, uh, like, leeway to shows. Like, I watched this after Big Bang Theory, for example, uh, where I'd already kind of run out of fucks to give about that style of, like... I I, I mentioned beforehand that it reminds me of of an Aaron... Like, to me, this is like a high school production of an Aaron Sorkin play. Like, that's what this show is. Yeah. You can disagree with me, that's fine. I might just be wrong. But I completely felt like they were basically just trying to ape everything about his shows as if it were a legal drama. Now, I don't think they succeeded. I think it's a poorly done version of it. But, I mean, I, I even rewatched the pilot just to get into, like, try and remember where I was when I first saw the show. And there's a point at which, when Mike first runs into the interview with Harvey, where his alias or whatever, he, he pretends to be Rick Sorkin. So I think that was, there's no way they, they named someone Rick Sorkin and didn't do that on purpose. So they definitely are trying for that kind of, like, like smarmy, like, we've got it made. There's a point, I ha- I'll bring it up later on, but I have um, some quotes from the um, pilot, I guess it's the original pilot script, I think. Because there's name, I think apparently Jessica's name used to be Catherine too, yeah. which is strange. But um, in general, there's like some moments there where you're like really supposed to be like, oh, this guy's got it made, and there's no, there's never any kind of comeuppance for it. It's just sort of like he's got it made, 
and that's it. That's that's the plot. Is that these guys have it made? There's no real. I mean, there's Mike has his own demons. I guess you'd want to claim, but um, really, you're supposed to kind of look up to these people to some degree, like which I find baffling because I find most of what, especially Mike, especially in this episode, we get it more. You hate Mike. Yes. We all hate Mike Mora, but stick, <laughs> he's stay like on he's task. like a he's like he's like a modern Ricky Schroeder. I'm sorry, <laughs> but so and that uh, argument still makes sense to no one. I know, I know. I I hate you hate who you hate, but anyway. So let's just jump into this episode. You proper, can't use hate kind of... who you hate as the argument for this entire podcast. When the entire <laughs> argument of the podcast is that we're going to tell you why we hate such a thing. Oh, no, we will. Well, I, I just, sometimes, sometimes you subjectively hate something more than other people for no reason other than you just dislike a person. I don't know. I don't like his face. <laughs> Part of it, I don't like Mike's face. But anyway, so, uh, it starts out with the background on this season three, which has been, um, I guess you could, we'll sum up real quickly. It'll be, Rachel got into law school, which Mike is mad about because he doesn't want her moving away, which is crazy. And then um, Donna, well, Donna had originally started dating, I guess he's another one of the partners. I'm not super familiar with the plot at this point, because I think I was like, kind of tapping in and out as the as the season went on. I think I quit around the end of the season. Yeah, but, but um, I've watched every single episode. Let me just read what the Wikipedia says uh, to catch everyone up. <laughs> on Go October ahead. 12, 2012, USA Network renewed Suits for a third season to consist of 16 episodes. Season 3 premiered on July thir- uh, 16, 2013. Michelle Fairley guest stars in multiple episodes as oil executive Dr. Ava Hessington, a high-profile client for the new Pearson Darby firm, whose father has a past with Darby. That's where the Brits come in. Gary Cole reprises mm-hmm. his season one role as former Manhattan DA Cameron Dennis, now assigned as a special prosecutor in the Hessington case. Max Beasley is introduced as recurring character Stephen Huntley, Darby's right-hand man from the London office, who is considered the British Harvey. That's who Donna's dating. And, yeah, that should catch everyone up. Yep. Yeah, and it's, and I, I find this show, like, it, it's tough to follow at times, if only because it's kind of a lot of repetitive stuff, because it is a procedural. Mm-hmm. So, like, the the lawsuit stuff with Mike, it, it's especially confusing in this episode, I think, just because there's a lot of flashbacks, so you sort of kind of, I, I had a hard time, like, there were moments where I'm like, wait, are we in the present or the past, or we're in the there's past because of that bad lighting? to the show. Yeah, the brought. lighting is bad, that's why. But that's, otherwise, it's like, the same stuff could be happening now that happened then, besides the Trevor stuff, obviously. But um sets, too. Yes. True, true. But so... If you don't pay attention when you're watching a show... <laughs> I know, I took notes, I promise I was. <laughs> So anyway, the episode starts out with Donna and Lewis in the elevator first coming upon the um, Harvey sign right afterwards. So they kind of do a little, like, banter, banter. Then Lewis gets... The firm is now Pearson Darby Spectre. Right, which is, like, da-da-da. Which, is, if we don't know, the, the main protagonist of the show, played by Gabriel Macht, is Harvey Spectre. So, which is a ridiculous name, <laughs> but it's his name. So he, his name is now on the on the uh, partner sign, and Lewis, I, for some reason, why is he out of this episode, like, immediately, and never really comes back? And he does the same thing at the end of the episode. He must have had something else going on that week or something. But Well, because, like, there's, like, literally no reason for him to be in this episode. Right, but then, by that logic, there's no reason for him to be in a lot of episodes, but he is usually, so. <laughs> there's literally no reason for him to be in this episode ten years ago when Harvey's not working at the same law firm as him. In the previous flashback episode, they find, found a way to shoehorn him in. Yeah. And Which, that, 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 that felt, yeah, that felt really, that was in, on Congress. But and that's the one where he actually is wearing braces after uh, Donna's uh, 
think that he should be wearing braces in this episode. That was nuts, <laughs> but we'll get to that. But uh, but he also wasn't in the present either. Like he's just kind of out for the week because I think he just doesn't want to deal with the fact that Harvey. He's not out. really part of the case, right? Like there's no reason for him to be here, right? Well, so he he just like takes one look at the sign and then like pieces out. But Donna is even more like freaked out by it because she wasn't told that he was going to become partner. And she's pretty mad about it because balance shift between the two of them, pretty much. Well, this episode keeps pointing out, like, they keep, everyone keeps, everyone keeps saying, oh, so Harvey's, like, making this personal, like, because he hates the Stephen Donna. Like, <laughs> he, and he finally acknowledges, yeah, he hates the Stephen Donna. But I, I, watching this episode and just remembering season, like, he's not, like, it's not affecting him, his role in the case, which has, like, since changed in later seasons. Honestly, like, okay. I think. He's not being unprofessional. Well, we can get to it now or get to it later, but might as well say it now. I, I mentioned this, Sam, and I kind of hinted at it before. I think this show, and I think it's pretty universally acknowledged by a lot of people who don't like it, is that if you lifted Mike Ross out of this show, it'd be a far more compelling show to watch. I think Mike yeah. Ross, the character, the entire plot of Mike Ross is stupid, it's contrived, and it's boring. It's so boring. Like, everything, every time it shoots back to Mike, I literally want to fall asleep. Like, it's some of the most boring shit in the world. So... I, I really enjoy Harvey because I think he is a genuinely, like, he's a, he's the same kind of, like, shitty, what do you call it, like, Sorkin-esque character where he's got that, like, that smarm, that grandiosity, as in, like, the, the, the pilot script I found, there's a point where it's, like, it says, it, it sh- shows Harvey in an expansive room overlooking Central Park. If this bedroom were an apartment, it'd go for 7000 a month. Harvey leans over to a sleeping Lisa, the waitress, the night before and gives her a kiss. She pulls up her shirt. He takes a look at her fantastic body. Like, that is the kind of, like, those are the, the script notes. Like, that's genuinely <laughs> in the script for him to, like, that's, oh, you guys. That's more, that's how a script gets bought. Right, I know, it's totally, it works, but I'm saying, like, that's the kind of character this is. And that's, on another show will be a way that's compelling. I think they cast Gabriel Macht really well. I think he is so interesting to watch. He and Jessica alone, I think it could be a whole show. But the, adding... Mike into it, it just it almost like it just makes everything seem like but this guy's so smart and he makes this big a mistake of like hanging out with Mike Ross all the time it's just it's so frustrating because he sees himself in him I know but it's it's frustrating because I would have rather watched a person like Harvey come up and do the right thing through the ranks instead of I mean it's still a really compelling story of someone like getting pulled off the street and then trying to make it in the in the lawful world but like instead we just see someone having succeeded in that and then watch him have to deal with the person that fucks it all up and it's but like where's uh, the gimmick in in your version of the show mora i I think the gimmick is just it's this is usa remember right remember, it is, is usa, USA yeah. in 2011 10 or yeah 2011 yeah so think about this like really think about this where's your gimmick yeah i mean the gimmick is for sure the fact that if, especially the fact that they can curse this much and there's a lot of weed involved like that's a huge gimmick for the show i think the fact that there's like an ongoing drug dealer aspect to the show even though it's in the background for a lot of the later seasons it really helps like add the element of like danger that a show about lawyers doesn't necessarily have but I, think, I disagree about that. I don't think that factors into the gimmick of just like in general. Well, I think the fact that Mike is making it a hit. I think Mike being a criminal really is part of it too. Like he yes. is a criminal. So I mean, I say the drug dealing on the on the side of like the fact that he's involved with drug dealers, really drug dealing. Because remember, Trevor tests. is like the least popular character in the history of the series. Right. Oh, for sure. And but he and not maybe not just Trevor. I mean, just in general, Mike's willingness to break the law. I mean, this episode kind of doesn't and Harvey's. Really, yeah, and Harvey's. It's, this episode is a nice parallel to that because it shows where Mike made the mistakes that Harvey refuses to. 
So, like, I find that really compelling in the sense that, like, okay, I could take a mic that was a little more redeeming, but I feel like a lot of the problem I have with the show is that Mike never really learns his lessons. Like, he kind of just figures out a way to, like, like scam it further in. Like, he cons Harvey into making him, like, forcing his hand and giving him the job. Whereas I like a Harvey who, like, makes Jessica want to give him the job. You know what I mean? Like, you I, know in the, the previous season, Mike just turned himself in as an prison, right? Right, right. So I know yeah. that I would probably actually maybe go back and watch that if I find out it's it's better. I don't know how, how it was received, but... I, I find that at least, wow, but it took how long for that to happen? Like, that's a pretty... Five seasons? It's a long time for that to go <laughs> yeah, this down. Is, we're on USA. I know, I know, I know. But still, I just find it like, oh, God. But anyway, so so that aside, I think it's kind of important to know. So so going into it, we have Harvey, who is this kind of, like, Rain Man-esque, like, he's got everything, a Rainmaker kind of person, where he's just... Yes, Rain Man and Rainmaker are two different <laughs> Sorry, things. Sorry, I missed <laughs> Yeah, they are very two, two very different things. things. Uh, he's the rainmaker, uh, as it were. Uh, that he now has his name on the uh, the sign for the, the the firm, and this is, I think, kind of where the episode it, it comes back to it at the end. But we get a flashback and we kind of see why something that trivial. It kind of seems like there's a kind of a random argument about his name being on the wall, but you find out why it's pretty important to him later on. Um, so it doesn't seem like that if you have the context well, or if you watch the show. <laughs> I stopped for a long time. Sam, what do you think about all this? Yes, Sam. Bias. I, act- I still watch the show casually. Mm-hmm. And I actually really liked the fifth season, especially the last half, because Mike did turn himself in to prison specifically because he didn't want anyone else to get into trouble. So he took that deal. So that was a little bit of a redemption for the character. But I sort of agree in the sense that... Okay, so I like a lot of the characters on this show. I pretty much like every single character except for Mike Ross. And I think that it's just, it's such a disappointment watching this show constantly when I think that, like, Jessica, Donna, even Rachel are all far more compelling. Even Lewis! Even Lewis! Lewis is great. I actually love Lewis. Me too. Because Lewis is the best character on the show. They're all far more compelling characters, and they all have better relationships and more interesting relationships with Harvey than mm-hmm. I think Mike Ross as a character has either on his own or with Harvey. So it's like, it's a very frustrating show to watch, which is why I cannot watch it regularly anymore. But it, it's, I usually fast forward Mike Ross scenes essentially when I go back <laughs> and watch it. That's and you probably miss, you miss like basically but, nothing. You miss him doing like some grunt work. You really work. don't. Like I've gotten I the mean, whole I mean, Laura, considering <laughs> how you seem to miss whole, like, whole huge plot you might miss like things by skipping scenes i miss things on a regular (laughs) basis though so we shouldn't we shouldn't judge things based off of my my ability to miss them but i have do you want to be my new uh podcasting partner (laughs) i mean you get this much oh my god i'm the mike ross of this podcast (laughs) (laughs) you want to be the jessica to my harvey oh my god i will definitely be the jessica to your harvey jesus christ well so so, so, (laughs) get out of here mike ross i gotta get my life together i gotta stop smoking weed (laughs) it is essentially a very frustrating show to watch because like you said i i've been able to watch like essentially five seasons while ignoring like any entire like mike ross subplot and i still know what's happening in the show well should we say should we say i mean we kind of skipped over the premise if you've never seen this show basically we kind of i mean we kind of hinted at he's a criminal so mike ross it gets i mean uh, he's uh, he's been in trouble with many things but essentially he have, at one point sells um a test ex- test answers for his friend we'll see we'll get into the episode where it actually happens but well, at, well, it's it, it's passed at one point 
right <laughs> after this whole situation right it but became, becomes it was still like the pre- yeah it was the premise of the whole show in the beginning though so i'm just gonna skim real quick over it is that basically mike is not really a lawyer from the one the show starts he is just a, a person who's a genius who can memorize uh law books and, and understand, like, you can memorize anything and understand it, basically. Yeah, he's, like, got a, like, a, I guess, eidetic memory is kind of what you're kind of yeah. going for, but it, they never really use it. It's a photographic term. memory, yeah. essentially. So he can read a book and he'll, he'll remember it for, like, ten years. So anyway, so he... And then he'll completely <laughs> forget it after those ten years are up. Right, yes. The <laughs> no, clock strikes twelve. TikTok, <laughs> 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 Mr. Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing, but uh, so yeah, so he he he'll have something in his brain the minute he reads it, and then um, in an effort to uh, make a quick twenty five k to get his grandmother better housing in her um, retirement home, he tries to do a drug deal for his friend. Which I mean, the drug Forever. deal itself is crazy because it makes zero sense. They're, he gets paid twenty five thousand for a briefcase of weed. There's no way that weed cost $25,000. It was made. Laura, when were you working on the drug market? I, I mean, this is some basic shit. There's no way there's more than a pound of weed in that briefcase because logistically How you can't you? fit a pound of weed in the briefcase. And that would cost who's maybe five grand. Spending, who's spending $1,000 for a fucking uh, test? Right. That's I mean, what happens in this episode stupid. of television, too. It's stupid. But inflation. It's TV inflation. <laughs> Backwards inflation, though. Like, there was never a point where an ounce of weed cost $25,000. An ounce of weed cost $300. So it makes zero sense. If someone literally was just like, how much do you think this would cost? I don't know. $25,000? Sounds good. But anyway, so that aside. Um, drug- he, he I have a drug, drug addict on my podcast. I don't know if I can. <laughs> I googled it just to make sure that drugs are legal where Sam's coming from, so it's fine. So anyway, so, so he he sells this, tries to sell this weed for twenty five thousand dollars, gets caught almost because there's some cops at the hotel where he's supposed to do the deal. It was all set up, and he goes running into um up uh, arbitrarily. Harvey is looking for a new associate, doing interviews at the same hotel. He wanders in to avoid the cops. He gets interviewed by Harvey. Harvey finds out he's got those drugs, but he also finds out he's a genius savant. And then he almost, well, he, Harvey being like, you know, Rainmaker uh, prodigy, just wants to break the rules and ruffle feathers. So he hires him, even though he's not legally a lawyer. But then he finds out that if he does anything bad, he'll get fired for it. So he's like, oh, gotta get rid of you. But then uh, Mike turns around and then blackmails Harvey, saying that if you fire me, I'll tell someone that you hired me for this job, and then so on. So, like, it, then the rest of the series is pretty much just on and off again. Mike trying to skirt the law, getting caught, even though he's like operating like cases. Like, there's a point, isn't here? There's points where he's like literally like te- like taking on cases. Like he is the lawyer in the case. Yeah, yes. That's cra- right. I know, I know. I, I'm remembering. I just wanted to make sure I wasn't misremembering it. So there's points where he's literally like you know, like um cross cross examining a witness as a fake lawyer. Like it's super illegal. Yes, he's faking being a lawyer. He's gonna do law stuff. I just want to explain it goes it, he's not just like, you know, working at a firm where you need a degree. He's genuinely operating illegally as a lawyer. So it's he's a full on criminal and I think most of the firm at some point knows As is Harvey for allowing, allowing it to happen. Place. And Jessica Let's, by proxy. Remember Harvey is a criminal too, Maura. Exactly. I understand Mike Ross sucks. We all agree that Mike Ross sucks, but let's not make him out to be the only bad guy in no, this situation. No, most of the most of the firm. Literally, every character on the show becomes like complicit in exactly. It at some yeah, point, most of the so. firm knows at some point by the time he eventually turns himself in. So, uh, you know, it's 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 got its own fall- failing. They're all they're all pretty bad, but Mike is 
the the core of the show is about Mike trying to become a lawyer, even though he's legally pretending to want to be. And Harvey him. helping him facilitate that lie. And I should it's also, about both of them. It's also so it was, they're also lying about them going to Harvard. That also comes into play in this episode because their firm, for whatever I know, it's for prestige reason, but they only hire from Harvard, which seems like a really stupid like thing to base an entire firm on. But okay, but they only hire law students that come from Harvard. Matt Pearson Hartman in the first season. So Mike Mike originally got into Harvard, which we'll get into in this episode. So he just, you know, pretends like he, he went there and Harvey helps him instigate that. It's it, it, it would I mean it would have been a boring show. But logically I mean, this, this is the entire this this, this is the pitch. This is the, this is the yeah. only way the show gets made, right. Laura. It's the elevator pitch. But I do... It, it is frustrating, because really all he would have had to do is do what Jessica did with him, and just, you know, hire him as an intern, and then pay for help him go to, to law school. I mean, it'd be an investment, because the guy's obviously gonna be a brilliant lawyer. But anyway. So, I guess you could say, technically, in this episode, we find out since he got in already, maybe they would never take him. So that might be the problem, but we'll see. But anyway, so, so getting back to this episode in particular, um, Donna is Mike's uh, I hate calling her a secretary, but she is a secretary, right? Well, she's she's Harvey's secretary. Right. I just she is a she is a legal secretary. Yeah, so right, right. That's what it just being like, yeah. I just I, I sometimes I feel like they're throwing that word around to feel a little more loaded than it needs to be because I feel like some of the other people that work there are just like, oh, she's just a glorified secretary because it's not. True. Well, that's just you know privilege and people yeah. like that, but yeah, which I want to just really clarify, she's, she's not into it. She's not just you know like. Not, not that there's anything wrong with just being an administrator. Well, yeah. Now, person, you, but... now you're specifically saying she's not just a secretary. <laughs> no, I mean I've done work like that, so I'm not. I'm just trying to make yeah. it clear that it's, she's, she's not. <laughs> she's doing more <laughs> she's, than your average. She is a legal secretary. That is her position. Right. So she goes above and beyond just doing like standard, like, you know, administrative work. So she's like an was kind of an investigator too. Any good secretary does go above and beyond that, Mara. Yes. Yes. So. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, I'm not trying to take you to task, secretaries in the world. I'm sorry. Apparently you are. You're the one doing, like, the harm to secretaries in this situation. I say this not as someone who does secretarial work. So I'm not... It's, anyway, so so, so she, she is his, um, like, second-in-command, and they do a flashback when you first see when they were... I mean, they were both always together, but this is when they were working at a different firm. So Donna... It's called the DA's office, Mora. <laughs> yes. That's what that different firm is called. <laughs> Uh, but so Cameron Dennis, the person, Cameron Dennis, is it his name? Gary Cole, baby. Yeah. <laughs> he looks, that mustache on Gary Cole was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, why didn't he keep the look from like the flashback forever? It was great. Um, but either way, so he's, he's the, um, he's the person who's coming after them. It's been an ongoing plot for this season, but now we're finding out back before they were enemies, they were, um, he was kind of one of the mentors to Harvey. Well, we knew that from season one. Right. I'm just, I'm just trying to clarify because so you're watching just this. finding out. No, I'm trying to I explain the show. I literally just read the description from Wikipedia no, where it says he was introduced in season one. Right. Mora. I know. I'm trying to help anybody who hasn't watched the show. Follow you're, Honestly, this is people who aren't listening to the podcast that you're trying to help at this point. Yes. Like, people uh, like you, Mora. <laughs> We're all going to hold our hands together and figure this out, guys. Uh, but yeah, so so back in the flashback, Donna is noticing things uh, pretty regularly. So we find out, like, her not noticing the sign, that's why it mattered. She used to notice things about because Harvey. Because she's Sean Spencer. Yes, she is. She notices, like, little things about Harvey that, you know, she can read him, essentially. And then same, she says with anybody, but he says, you, you're doing it because you're into me. And this is, okay, again, if you haven't watched the show, these two are kind of, like, you know, ongoing like flirtation but they're always very you know professional because you don't really know the specifics of what you're allowed to do because they are 
co-workers too and he's also her superior what you're allowed to do well, well here's a don't don't fuck on the desk <laughs> <laughs> is the floor preferable i guess but so she she's like oh i'm not into you she's like and also like if you ever did have me you wouldn't want to share i was like oh my god donna i, lo- I see i love these aspects of the show where i'm like this is a really compelling show and then it cuts to mike smoking weed back in the day like it's a scandal and then well, we're not there yet because well, <laughs> here's the thing mm-hmm. you're I love that you want to shit on Mike because, I mean, who doesn't deserve to shit on Mike? Yeah. But you're ignoring a key aspect of the show that's actually a problem, which at the time seemed great, but it obviously wears over time. And that is the bro-y pop culture references. We get both L.A. Confidential and Untouchables, including Sean Connery. Oh, I all in the span of 30 seconds. I just have impressions. And if you're going to go in on Mike Ross, yeah, that's... you are just ignoring every other problem with the show. No, the, 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 I'm, you're completely right. Because I, I just wrote there, I, I literally just wrote, Harvey does impressions. Ugh. But I didn't I didn't even really like care enough to even write down what they were from, because they were just bad. See? They this were just the bad. They were just bad. But I also just didn't really, I was like, oh god, why am I even, because this part of it was like, because it'll be such an interesting, but then you're like, okay, well he is like young Harvey, so you're thinking like maybe he's also just immature, but it, it's bad. But no. And well, Donna does it too. are one of the things about the show that always stuck out, because they do intense pop culture references, not just in flashbacks, but like on the daily, like in every single, like every other scene basically, especially in a Harvey and Mike scene. Right. And basically, if you get the reference, like, especially if you're a woman, oh, you're so cool. If you're someone like Lewis, you either don't get the reference because you're not cool, or if you do get the reference, it's like, oh, you had a moment of coolness. It's like a gatekeeper to be able to have like so many pop culture references. Yeah. And that's, that was a part of the show. Yeah, and Harvey... And you just ignore that completely because Mike sucks. Because Harvey's attractive. But so, I, I, I find... I'm sorry to every podcast listener. <laughs> I find <laughs> I find Harvey, I think, just more... I don't know. Maybe I just think he's better in the He's other a better action. character, but this is a major flaw in the show. Yeah. Which does not... not It was something that was cool about the show at the beginning. And then it when you really watch does it, wear, yeah. it's very flawed and, like, it ages the show. It really does. And just like for what for what seems like a cool thing in television at the time. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. So they 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 kind of, you know, they go back and forth about it and they So Gary Cole says to Harvey, <laughs> basically he needs to stop acting like he's in LA confidential. Right. Then Harvey brings up how he once shot a dead guy because Connery did that in Untouchables. Then Gary Cole starts doing his Sean Connery impression. Harvey mocks that and then when Gary Cole leaves, he does his own Sean Connery impression for Donna. That's what happens. You actually see Donna in the background of the scene. Like, she's amused by this entire thing. So it's not people being confused by the like any a bunch of impressions more. That's not a part of what's happening in the scene at all. But doesn't at some Did point... Did you watch the scene? But doesn't Bertha come in and, like, think, what are you doing at some point? She kind of gives him a look, like, she, what are you talking about? She does that after... She does come into the scene, but she's doing that yeah. regarding the... She the does that after. Thing they always do in front of her. Oh, okay. I was misremembering, I think. Sorry, guys. But so, so I, I find... I find Intense note, my ass. Yeah. Well, my notes are mostly about how my girl sucks. <laughs> and I did the me. math about the weed, so I, I have notes, guys. They're just very specific. Um, but yeah, so I find... Also, big, black, sassy secretary's name is Bertha. Bertha. Which, which is, of course it is. Of course it is, yeah. Um, so... Mike, in in the other flashback side of things, we get two flashbacks throughout the episode. We have the flashback where we see Harvey and Donna first kind of, like, becoming what they are today. I mean, they've always been that way, but this is where they really kind of, they move on to become part of Pearson Hardman when Pearson Hardman takes over. And we also get the side of things where Mike is 
first getting caught for selling the test. So I would assume they don't say as much, but I think they're also happening simultaneously at the same time. Because yes, they're happening it. simultaneously because there's literally a seamer and they're in the same park, Mora. Right. I know, but I'm just... Okay. Anyway, so... Uh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. <laughs> anyway, so so Mike Mike's smoking and he's, cel- <laughs> he's celebrating getting 100 on his calc test. Um, and then also Trevor... Uh, freely admitting to a felony. Yeah, the kind of juice who says negatory. negatory. <laughs> <laughs> he did say negatory. Oh my god, he's so fucking worse. He again, like, freely admits to committing a felony and having gone through Mike's mail, and he has opened up a letter that tells him that Mike got into Harvard, and Mike like freaks out, understandably excited because he can't wait to go to Harvard. And uh, back in the present day, uh, are you kidding me, Mora? What? what? You're ignoring the first instance of motherfucker. Oh, I, w- I wanted to ignore it altogether. That's why. Also, the fact that Trevor is "quote unquote" only dealing to we- uh, friends and family. Right. Yeah. Sure. Sure, Trevor. Sure. But the oh my god, the mother flucker. What? Why? Why did no? So oh, we should maybe also go into since this show is on USA Network. I'm not even gonna lie. Part of one of the reasons I was originally drawn to it is the fact that they were just dropping shit all the time. I Dude, find the first that first time I knew you could say shit on. I know, USA, I know, right? The show and they and not only did they say shit on USA, they fucking said shit every second of every episode. Like I they used to do shit. a weekly shit. Yes, cast. I remember that. This is hilarious. There used to be literally like. I would say like twenty. Well, you would have better guess than I am. Like it was 20, always double digits. There, it's crazy. There's always one, like at least like in one scene. That's crazy. Which is, I mean, I love it. I, I'm all about it. Even though I'm like a child, because it really doesn't matter. I just watch HBO and they're gonna say shit every five seconds anyway. But it's something about it being USA. On. It's it does scandal. Like, it's like the only like curse word that they use. Yeah. So it is. Well, besides mother yeah. mother Flecker. <laughs> Sam. <laughs> Season two was the season I did the shit count. Don't they? Do they also? Do they ever drop anything higher than shit or no? No. Okay. They don't even like anything even on par with it. They don't really drop, which is the distracting part. I think they could say fuck. I think, but they don't. They don't ever. They say never have. Okay. Because it's the same like logic of Breaking. Eventually, like Breaking Bad, that kind of stuff got more popular. Obviously, that stuff has been. Yeah, they would always like not bleep it, but I don't know. I guess they would just go close enough, and then they never actually. you know, uh, like, pretty bad wouldn't believe it, like, but they would, like... It's what one of season. Cover of, only, over I, As far as I remember, like, one in Breaking season. Bad, you're F-X only allowed to like, use, like, one... You're only allowed to have, like, one F word, like, a season. Yeah. Or something like that. That was the rule of thumb, I believe. Yeah, and they would always kind of silence it a bit. Uh, yeah. FX is actually the first, like, in these basic cables to, like, break, like, the fuck barrier with the people versus O.J. Simpson. Oh, right. I, you know what? I didn't even really think about that, but you're completely right. When do you think about anything, Mora? Pretty rarely. But, like, that that really stuck out to me. But I, I, it's almost like when you're watching shows like that, you forget you're watching it on cable. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not watching this on demand or something. Like, I'm actually watching it live on cable, which is crazy. So this the shit part of things doesn't really matter as much as episode, but the mother flecker is important because I guess that's just them... Why? Why even do that? What you makes them sound like idiots? Like I, I don't know what they're even trying it's for. Close, and it, like, and it sounds so close enough to motherfuckers. Are you like watching? You're like, wait, what? It sounds terrible. And um, Mike got into Harvard, so we'll find out more about why that matters in the long run. But um, back in present day, um, the protective custody uh, that 
we find out that Cameron has on one of their anonymous witness. Well, he has protective custody of there's a another person. witness in the case in right. two credits because it's only like a one minute scene. It's not matter. Right. It's not matter. Yeah. The only thing that matters in the present day scenes really is the fact that they bring up bluffing a lot. A lot, which is ridiculous because there's a lot of poker going on in the flashbacks. It's like, oh, yes, right. the entire thing of the episode is bluffing more. That's I know. why. I know. But so they they figure out that he might have another witness because he has protective custody on a hotel that he he's does have another at. witness. Right. Well, at the time you don't know if he's bluffing or not blah bluffing but so mike and rachel continue to fight about her going away and she's just gonna like deal with it i'm going away um but then we get flashback to the the bigger chunks of scenes which are um back at a party uh i think i do we ever i'm sorry if if we do know where he went did we know where mike went before he transfers to or he tries to transfer to harvard it was somewhere in boston no somewhere uh in new york I yeah. guess at some some random college he's at. It, it does look nice though, because he goes to the dean's office and it's not like you know like some random like hallway or something. So it's like a decent place. But so he. Where are dean's offices? Where they are hallways? Nora. Not hallways, but like you know what I mean. <laughs> you just said it. You just said it. Uh, so so he goes to the dean uh, at what? some point later on, and he finds out that he you know can't go to Harvard. But we'll get to that in a second. But uh, so. But that's not explaining this hallway dean situation. I meant like you know like cubicles or something. I'm sure there are places where dean's offices are in cubicles. <laughs> what are you talking about? All right. <laughs> Just bring, like, bringing up nonsense. All right, all right, all right. I'm trying to get to the scene, so sorry. So, so, flashback is Mike flirting with the girls, and we see a backdoor poker game. Where are they, Maura? At a college party. At a college party. You know, well, no, they're not in the hallway. They're in the middle of the living room or something. Yes, they're at a frat party. Frat party, and then... Yeah, and they see a backdoor poker game going on, and then, uh, before, well, obviously... Trevor is always trying to get Mike into trouble. Mike, Trevor is trying to get him to go gamble, and Mike just wants to flirt with some girls. And um, in the process, Mike gets bumped by some random dude, and you can tell like he's he's not just annoyed in the sense like I got bumped. He's they're they're kind of just you know beefing. And Mike says that apparently a wa- he remembers Mike's photographic memory. He remembers that he once did the same thing. Um, I mean, I think that's just like a memory in general, honestly. Right. I- but he's I think you would remember that kind of thing. He has a grudge. He has a specific grudge, and he's like, I'm not letting it go this time. Against that douchebag, which neither of them can call anyone right. douchebags. They're all douchebags. They're all douchebags. They're at Everyone a rap party bag. hitting on girls. And I hate the, 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 the little passing moment we get with, with Mike hitting on this girl is that, that she's like all like into him. He turns to look at this guy who bumped into him, turns back, she's already making out with someone else. I was like, oh, God, this show is like, ugh. So, he, he's like, fine, what? now I'll get... What? 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 Use your words, Mora. This show is very frustrating, because I do not like to watch people basically be used as literal sexual objects, because she was only there they to make out with him. Party. Well, yeah. But so he, he's now super interested in gambling, because this guy just cost him his chance to hook up with that girl. And um, he starts. Well, no, Trevor cost him his chance to hook up with that girl. He's true. Wants to get back. Do you even listen to the story, Mora? Yes, but also the guy bumping <laughs> into him had a part of it. Play poker. It's not about the damn girl. Yeah, and Trevor's also trying to pull him away to play poker. So he. But that's not why either. Right, but he also has a he has a grudge against the guy, so he's finally like, all right, fine, I'll yeah, do it's this. It's specifically because of the grudge against the guy, where the guy like fucking knocked him down during basketball, and was like. Uh, 
there's nothing you can do about it, basically. It was one of those things where it's like a privileged guy screwed him over, which is what happens again in the poker game. Right. And so he goes back into this poker game, and he's... Uh, you, you ostensibly... Well, we're not there yet. No, we're no, no. Back in no, no, no. But you ostensibly see he's going to try and clean him out. Um, so Harvey and his... Well, and Cameron argue over the ongoing case that they have in the, in the flashback. And Harvey tries to go for a high five, which I think is kind of... It kind of comes back into play later on. But, um, yeah, Cameron, does. yeah, Cameron tries to be like, no, I'm not going to high five you. And Here, it's let like, me quote the scene more because I took actual notes. <laughs> Harvey says, what kind of person doesn't high five another person to which Cameron says a person who's not, not 10 years old. And Harvey says, oh, so you mean like a dick? I mean, he's right. Cameron is right. He's Cameron is completely right. Like, oh, Harvey <laughs> still high fives him anyway, though. Yeah. Because I think you're supposed to understand that. Like, I, I think Cameron and the reason is he, all talk. Uh, he wants to do the high five and everything. It's because of the case. And Cameron also then offers him the job of head litigator, which means Harvey has to choose between the DA's office and working for Jessica, which was the plan. Right. And he originally kind of was ready to leave, but now that he has his offer, he's sort of conflicted. Because I think Harvey likes what he's doing to a degree, but I think he he likes the prestige of working for Jessica a little bit more. But we'll see in a second why it kind of comes into play. Not then. yet. Yeah, not not yet. But he has, there's a more than, there's more than just that that he's conflicted about. Um, but so, uh, we first also find out, this is the first time the ritual comes into it, which if you, if the show, it was an ongoing thing where, uh, We're Donna, not there yet. No. We're back at poker. Oh, are we? Okay, sorry. Yeah. So, back at poker, um, there, are, are we there? Okay. Well, you yes, go we ahead. we are, because the ritual is after that. Okay, go ahead. So, Harvey has to choose between this and Jessica, then they go back to poker, where Mike is cleaning house, and he suggests they play Texas Hold'em, but they're old school, so they play stud. Oh, okay, yes. So, they, they try and basically... He, again, Mike is eidetic memory, but I think we're also supposed to understand that he's able to count the cards. Like, yes. I mean, it's very explicit in a second, but, like, you you can make that assumption even just based off the idea of him playing poker is that Mike is going to that card, which is also so cheating. Yes, For the record, thing. that's now also cheating. <laughs> but, okay. okay. Well, now we're at the ritual anyway, yes. It's just a small thing, but yeah, now we're at the ritual. So, at the, when the ritual's created, it, it, it's a lot... There's a lot, I think, this is more of, like, the mythology of the show, which is a funny sentence to say, but I think it's Kind the ritual's not even really cre- created here at, right. at the end of the episode. It's, yeah, it's really the end of the episode that comes in. Because it's it, it's kind of like a goofy, ongoing joke. Is it like the ritual seems like a ridiculous thing that the two of them do. Um, but here it certainly seems a lot more about just, like, flirting. And uh, Harvey literally trying to fuck Donna is basically what the ritual was created to do. <laughs> it was a reason for them to have sex. It's kind of what you kind of can, can glean from that. But um, uh, they're interrupted in the middle of this because Bertha has found a file on the McKenzie case that they're going they're going through, which apparently would have ruined the entire case. It's like basically they had um, evidence that I, it's something about like a drunk driving test or something. So it would have just proven the defendants. I think that they were trying to get um, acquitted. That would have made them look much differently, and they should have. It was about how the eyewitness had uh, had been drinking. Right, and it, it it should have been included in discovery, but. Bertha's like, well, I don't know why it wasn't, so we're gonna have to let them know, and it would have ruined our case. Bertha more like, sorry, Bertha uh, got no. I felt she bad. Has. She really just hands she it just... over and like, you guys take care of this. It's like, well, okay. Also, where we, uh, Donna says that she doesn't get involved with the men that she works with, which, as we see in the future, is not true. It's not true at all. In fact, in this present episode, it's the future. But well, so she did get involved with someone she didn't work with, actually. So yeah. yeah. So so he he they they take it over. They're just like, oh man, we're screwed. 
And then we get back to more of Mike betting aggressively, because now he's full-on just counting cards. He knows exactly... Because, of course, Mike's trying to pretend like he's just playing the game of poker. But Trevor being... like The way that these two are set up, it's kind of just like... I don't even know. There's no real... I can't find, like, a, an analogy for another pair of friends that are well, like this, but it's sort of just... You probably just... have an analogy if you actually know what happens in the scene. So what happens in the scene first more, then you can create the analogy. Okay. So, well, uh, no, I don't, I don't have one. But basically, the kind of... The way they're set up is that Mike is kind of acting it's like... It's a toxic oh, relationship. It is. It's is completely that toxic. Analogy? Yeah, that's true. But it's sort of just like Mike is playing it cool until Trevor's like, come on, man, tell me how it's really done. And Mike's like, okay. And then he, like, brags about all the cards he's counting. He knows what everybody's holding. He also guesses, like, the percentage. But he basically thinks that the guy he's betting against, the, the guy that bumped into him, has a straight. Or he has... He's completely bluffing. But he, odds are he has a straight. And or Mike, Trevor's just asking how does it look because Trevor actually has no idea what poke, how to play poker. True. Which is what they actually show because he, like, doesn't even... Like, when uh, Mike tries he's to saying play what the guy would have, first. it's, like... Trevor just does not understand poker. Mike so that's also, what he's explaining right there. Right, but Mike also does kind of play it off at first, like it's no, like he's just playing the game of poker, and then he asks for more detail. I'm like, like what's on the inside Mike's head is like a wondrous place, basically. That's because again, Trevor literally does not understand poker. Like Trevor doesn't when... understand anything, pretty much. But yeah, <laughs> he's the worst. He understands like drug drugs, dealing, obviously. Even then, not uh, really. <laughs> he's this not is good his first at time though. He's like has a drug dealing empire at the beginning of the show. It's a thing. Oh god. Uh, but yeah, he's literally does like he didn't even know what a straight is. Like he doesn't understand poker, so he's literally asking Mike, and then Mike needs more money. And then Trevor's like, I have a thousand on me from the weed. And so let's just bet that, which is a terrible idea. But, you know, they're just two guys at a frat Not really, because He thinks it's a sure thing. He does think it's a sure thing. It is a sure thing if they don't cheat. Right, but you should assume that they're... I guess maybe you don't know, but either way... I should assume if he's been beating him the entire time. Right, exactly. So so he... They gamble the thousand dollars, and Mike realizes, oh my god, since he has, you know, way better cards than he could have possibly been dealt... He's cheating. And he, like, basically jumps up, screams he's cheating. I also was, like, confusing. There's, like, a bunch of people watching this game. Like, why would there be, like, random people, like, like just literally loitering in the background? Like, oh, yeah, an interesting game. I guess it was a to time when poker was... Mike if they need to. But, like, there's just random people they're there. That frat, were... They're frat bros, Mora. But there was, you like... do things in packs. But there was just random people there. They're, like, girls and, like, random people walking around. I think they were just interested in the in the, the poker game, which I guess is maybe interesting to watch, but I don't know. Either way. I would choose poker, and I barely like poker. <laughs> but so, <laughs> uh, they, they call him out for cheating, even though Mike was technically also cheating because he was counting cards. And he's like, but he's not adding cards to his deck. Yeah, that he was. They were cheating in a sense. I think it must have been a situation where people were passing him cards or something. Or he yes, that's cards. actually cheating. Yeah, and so the he's like the 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 guy that got bumped into or bumped into him. He's just like, why don't you call the cops? Because obviously you can't because it's illegal. Um, they're on they're drinking no, underage. Yeah, yeah, because they're supposed to be under twenty one. Is that's what we're I doing. also think <laughs> gambling's illegal. So I'm like, that's also not illegal. But all right, um, but they they can't call the cops because they're drinking underage and he's like and i've made sure not to drink like basically anything i'm like so it's only you guys that are gonna get in trouble and mike's just kind of like oh fuck they were out like a grand and trevor once again feel i feel like trevor most of the show feels like he's i don't know i i think he's he's making the bad decisions but he's putting it all on mike which i say not even liking mike that much but i think a lot of what trevor does is like make the, the decisions that mike wouldn't make so the problems that Mike's ha- Mike has is usually dealing with the problems that Trevor got into. Plus, there's the fact that Trevor's clearly 
jealous of Mike. Yes, severely jealous because Trevor's an idiot. And then he uses He's that like to get really functional. Mike, yeah, and because they're, they're both came from. Also, Mike's grandma uses that. Yo, that was it. That whole that whole oh, scene. Fuck you, oh, I hated man. that grandma scene. Oh, Jesus. I mean. With- you she was trash. Right not to be happy she died. She was trash in that scene. The whole scene was terrible. But yes. Yeah, so. like, yeah, she ruined her grandson's life. She did. She absolutely, like, unequivocally, she ruined his life. They all did. I have thoughts on this. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> Mike's, like, a dummy, but, like, at that point in his life, if he could have actually made something of himself, it would have been great. Pit- we'll get no, back to there. Listen to a stupid I, grandma. I have so many. I have so many thoughts on this. We're almost there, but we'll get to there in a second. So, and then she has the audacity. I'm sorry. <laughs> then she has the audacity to be like, it's "Oh, I wish you could have been more." Like when the show starts or whatever. It's like, no, this is your fault. He's less. God, she's trash. <laughs> Continue. She's trash. We'll get Fuck to that. You, there's grandma. a lot. <laughs> there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that shit throughout. But so Harvey, again, Harvey is like such a weird character. Like he. He should be so textbook boring, but he's just, I think it's, honestly, I do think it's a casting of Gabrielle Mock. I think that's a huge portion of it, because anybody else with this kind of performance would be it's really casting at the same time. It's clearly what the character's supposed to be. We're a show on USA, Mora. I know, but it's like, he's just literally staring at the sign with his name on it in the hallway. It's a weird scene. Like, that's kind of bizarre for anybody to just be standing around doing He's standing around doing it because he, he specifically called Mike over there to show him that. That's true, I know, but it's still it's a weird scene of him just staring longingly yes, at the his scene. Yes, the scene is him asking who Cameron's witness, and Mike sees the partner sign. Literally, the, the present day scenes are like one minute long more, and we're back to ten years ago. Yeah, back in the flashback, the names were different. Corey Schmidt and Van Dyke, which is like, who the fuck terrible. Are these people? I know, and I guess they were all just the people that Jessica will find those out. Are, to go over. Yeah, those <laughs> are the people that Jessica overthrew. I, I think I, I know who they are, but when you see yeah. that sign, you're like, who the fuck are these people? Have we ever met Which any of those? Which actually like a much better show. I know, right? a much better show than what we actually got. Yeah. But so Jessica, um, in the flashback, takes him up to the roof and offers him a position because she and Hardman in this uh, time period are getting ready to take over getting the partner's position and taking down the firm as theirs. I never understand fully how this is even something that could happen, but it, it happens constantly on the show. But, like, it's, there should be, at some point, shouldn't they put some kind of, like, bylaws in that they need to have everybody there or something that they can vote on this stuff? Because it keeps fucking everybody over. I believe they do over. make the bi- bylaws later, Maura. Yeah. Well, but you, not you by... Know, watch the entire show. Okay. But not by the end of this episode, because Harvey already goes right back on it again. But anyway, so... And they got everyone else... Like, apparently to vote for them. I thought that was so. crazy, but yeah. But so, but Jessica's great, so I can see her doing it. But Harvey just seems sort of out of the blue later on, but he is also great. <laughs> but so anyways, in the flashback, um, so Jessica offers him the position, and this is, like, kind of where he's getting conflicted, because he's, he's interested in the position, because she's also one of his mentors, and he's obviously, well, he, I think he always was meant to be, in some respect, a kind of litigator that he is for Pearson Hardman. Um, yes. the DA office, yes. he's good at, but it, it just doesn't allow him the same amount of, honestly, arrogance. Because I don't think you could be yeah. quite as arrogant with the DA. Well, Maybe you could, but... This, I think the story was that Jessica, she, he was always meant to work for her, but Jessica yes. wanted him to get yes. experience in the DA's office. Right, right. Something yeah, like that. But he was willing, out, yeah. he was, for a while, he seemed like he was really willing to stay there, because he did, like, the position he was offered from Cameron, too, but we'll find out why he, more than one reason why he decided to turn Well, as you can... More of, we've used context clues, like, actual dialogue in the show. Right, I didn't want to jump you ahead. You see, Harvey's <laughs> more of an idealist at this point, so of course the DA's office, like, 
is like alluring to him because he's he's the same guy who's asking uh, Jessica what about honor with regards to the, oh, that the was whole so sweet. over the company. I was like, oh, so, this is such a baby Harvey that he would even ask these types of questions. Because okay, so we should say when they're all, when they're, she's telling them that they're going to take down um, Hardman and her are going to take down the partners. He says, well, aren't you going to tell them? Because they're doing it. She says it in such like a badass kind of way too, where she's like. We're taking them at night when they sleep or whatever. I was like, oh my god. But so he says, like, well, shouldn't you tell them that you're coming? Isn't that, like, about respect? And she's like, the true respect is not telling them. Um, and so he's sort of a little thrown by that. But it's still, like, like, like what I was saying. And he's very, very much, I think, just naive at this point. He's never done anything like that. So he thinks it's just kind of disrespectful for her to pretty much just commit mutiny. They're kind of, they're, they're overthrowing the, the partners to take over the firm. Um, so, uh... And Jessica reminds him that you shouldn't judge a man until you've walked a mile in his shoes. And then, you know, of course, hinting that he should try doing the same with her. Which, are, I think the, the one of the more interesting relationships on the show, for me, has always been Harvey and Jessica. Because it's so much of it is... You can never totally read where Jessica's coming from, and I love that. Like, she's a very complicated character, too. And a lot of times, when you have a mentor, they tend to be a little bit more black and white some of the time. She just seems sort of just as complicated it is he almost more so at times because you almost kind of get where harvey's coming from a lot of because the show's kind of based from his corner most of the time but anyway so so they um they, they tell him about that and um uh so also back in there in the, the the background we find more that trevor's pretty much fucked without having that money because he stupidly as trevor does um, bet the thousand dollars without having any kind of a backup plan on how to get the money to a to the loan shark, which is the the, the drug dealer himself loaned him the, the money. Drug dealer, it's not a loan shark. Right, there's a difference. Sorry. So he loaned the money, and now he's basically got to get the money back. I, I'm not really sure why he has no other way to get that. Couldn't he just take some kind of a short term loan? Maybe he has terrible credit or something. I don't know. Stupidly How is he loan. The only short term loan. I don't know. There should there should be something better than being like completely illegal or trying to take a baseball bat to the guy, which doesn't even make sense either. But He's trying to go. Well, he take a baseball bat. He's taking that as protection because he needed to use a baseball bat. It would not have I, worked. You're making me defend Trevor just because of your misreading of the scene. No, no, no. I just mean like I how would so much. how would that have worked? Like, what was he planning on doing there? Just getting the money back from the? But that was just not. There's. It's gonna be rolling. He was going to tell him he's not have his money, and then in preparation for you know the inevitable attack, he was gonna have a baseball bat just in case. Okay. That's what was going to happen. All right. Well, I thought he was going to go back to get the money from the frat guys, but that makes more sense. So, so Trevor, kind of just is is in a tough place, and the only other like he throws it out there. This is what I'm saying. Where I, this is why I don't like Trevor is he has these types of moments where this he's, is why. Well, just everything reasons. about Trevor. Yes, but this Sam, was... did you have watched the past season? Can you inform uh, more of that? How bad Trevor's is still it? Garbage. How, was he in like, a different form? Yes. What's he like now? Yes. Sometimes worse. <laughs> well, he, was, like, yeah. he was the Ugh. key to like turning in uh, Mike. Actually, why? What happened? Well, he was the because... one. He was the one who comes up to Mike and like in like all kinds of moral superiority, basically telling him that like he's living his life wrong and if he like actually what? I think was he the one who told him that if he actually like loves Rachel that he wouldn't do this to her or something. Yeah, like, like I don't know, I don't know if Trevor is like found <laughs> Jesus, but like he's like engaged now and he's like he's a serious man now and he's like we you have to confess or whatever. Like dude he's fuck trash. you. I mean like Mike should have confessed oh, yeah, a long time he ago, but still. Mike, I, I, 
trash. He's trash. He's trash. He's trash. He's trash. I hate him. But so in this, this scene, this is what you died for, Graham. This trash. <laughs> Jesus. But Shit. so he in this scene, this is what I'm saying. Like he kind of has this. It's it's so manipulative because even though he does seem pretty ready to go with the space of that, he also like happens to have this back like back pocket plan where Mike sells this test for money. Like come on, you were thinking this the whole time. Like there's no way he was just like. Off the top of my head, the one thing you could do is completely be illegal and sell this test for hundreds of dollars or or a thousand dollars. You did say that earlier too, right? But he, Mike, Mike, I think is constantly saying no to that. So it is probably one of those things he recommends a lot. But I think Trevor now knows, like, I can really leverage this for that money. And I don't think for a second, if they had not been caught with this, I think Trevor would have tried to make him do this all the time. I think that would have been Trevor's new thing. Is it now I can just get money from Mike doing tests? Because I feel like Trevor in general is just like, how can I milk Mike for as many things as possible? And Mike, I don't even like Mike that much, obviously, but like, how could he like not see? He's so blind to this. I guess because he, he is along his friend. His Graham is telling shit. Physically. But it's like, it's so. I mean, like, eventually, he even was in the pilot, raised to not see how shitty Trevor is. In the pilot, he does come to a place where I think he almost does break ties with him permanently, but even then... That's because he's in love with Trevor's girlfriend. Well, yeah, but there's the whole other part where he just basically almost got him arrested again. But on top of that, I just find it really, like... Like, Trevor just is, is should just be in jail. He's a criminal. He's just the worst. And he's... And Mike keeps feeling conflicted, like, Trevor's the one that gets caught all the time, and blah, blah. I'm like, no! Trevor it was Trevor's sucks. idea! And it was there's his money! Trevor's always being caught. He's Ugh, it's the worst. And I, we'll, get to to get that. we'll get to that in a moment. But so he, he convinces Mike, like, maybe we should try and sell this test for a thousand dollars. Or a hundred... I'm unclear again on the money thing, because there's no way that would sell for a thousand dollars. It's a test for a thousand, That's Laura. nonsense. No one would it's buy it. It's because the test has only been taken once, and, like, it's not on the market like any other test they would sell. It's stupid, though. So, it's, there's, like, a huge demand. <laughs> but so, Donna... sell one test. At the same time, Donna, um, figures out that there's been a file there that was stuck in that was not there from the beginning. So, this is the same one that was supposed to be in Discovery, um, and was well, not... no, we've already found that the file was... Yeah, this is... Donna sees that uh, Harvey's pretending the file was there the whole time. That's how he's doing it. And I like yeah. this. I think this is a really interesting moment, too, because I feel like it's it's close enough that Harvey... It's very Harvey, because he's not... He's doing it... He's illegal. It's illegal. But it's it's still ethically probably a little bit less gray than certain things he could have done. Um, so he's just sort of trying to make it like, whoops, I didn't realize it was there, but it's, it's here now. So he had like that kind of plausible deniability of it. Whereas and Donna's you, like, you it's harp still on illegal. Mike being a criminal while you're like praising this. No, <laughs> Harvey's full on a criminal in this. I'm just saying there's a, there's an ethical element to it that I think is a little bit more above board. I don't, I mean, okay. I think Mike is just, just more annoying. I mean, if I Mike did do the same thing, you'd be like, he's a monster. Yeah, he, I would definitely. <laughs> That's probably very true. And this is. Donna basically really guilts him into like this is stupid. You're gonna it's is illegal. What are you doing? I can't like she's genuinely conflicted to the point where she seems like ready to quit over it. Like this is unethical, it's she terrible. But she does quit later, right? Yeah, well, for yeah. other reasons. <laughs> yeah. For more fuckable reasons. Ethics. But so well, some ethics, but like He says it's for ethics, but kind of ethics. ethics. Some, under he different says ethics. Yes, but so or vaginal ethics. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> ethics and vaginal journalism, or something. But uh, so, but so you ruined it, Maura. You ruined it. <laughs> but Harvey, Harvey, really condescendingly says to her, which I find this I, is I, where he talks about how secretaries are the worst. Your yeah. favorite part, Maura. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, so he says to her, do your job, pretty much, just like, and he also well, he says, a, you, I'm here. He was, he was like mimicking what Cameron Dennis had done to him, like, earlier in the... I think ongoing, I and mean, that's what he's been doing the whole time, yeah. which is yeah. kind of sad, too. Like, what a shitty boss he must have been if he's been doing this this whole time, but either way, he says to him, I'm here, and he puts his, you know, hand up high, and then he's like, you're here, and it's like a full, like, foot lower. It's it's a pretty demeaning thing to say, no matter who's saying it. It's just, what it's secretaries gross... deserve, right, Maura? <laughs> I was like, the self-hate it would cause for me to say yes. But so, uh, <laughs> so back in the present, Mike and Harvey are still trying to figure out more about this ongoing witness thing, and then he just figures out that, like... Mike calls Gary Cole Tom Selleck. And they say bluffing a bunch. Now we're back to ten years ago. It's so pointless. You don't have to go as long as these present day ones as you're trying to. Why are, why are the present day scenes even like there? They could have just done it all at the beginning and the end. They don't need to keep sprinkling them throughout. But whatever That's, the case, it's sort of how television writing works. I, I feel like you don't. I don't know. But it's, it's sort of like <laughs> one of the weird things about like like Suits does these episodes periodically where they have like these flashback episodes, but they're always like really successful, and then it's like. There's always like no reason as to necessarily why they're being, why they're doing flashbacks or even like why how it's connected into the present. It's always been like a very weird thing I feel like that they've done with the show. Yeah, and I mean even so. this one there's obviously a parallel there, but it's still you could technically say yeah. it is kind of in some parts of it like the mic parts of it are a little bit less. I mean the bluffing parts it's similar, but that's about it. It's just a it's random moment the of his life. Successfuls are like, we should do this again. And well, the like, first one was very good. The first one was probably one of their stronger episodes. I think it's because it dealt yeah. a lot. Oh, I mean, stronger than some of the stuff that eventually happened. But I find. I that, mean, I remember how they promoted that. It's like, hey, Mike and Harvey crossed paths once before. That part what? was shit. That was yeah, it's shit. Like, it was not good I'm, either. I think but it's only strong. Have glasses. No. Like they pretend that that Harvey's not a criminal too. Yeah. You know how it is. Maura. <laughs> Mine are pink. They're not rose. But so he he I think I think the strong parts of that are just the the Jessica Harvey Donna parts of it. That is always just very compelling because I think you mean like the strong parts of every episode. Every episode, yeah. Actually, even Harvey's not always the strongest part. No, I, it's I, mostly I, just Donna, Jessica, and Lewis. Was it? It was the previous season that was all, his mommy issues in therapy, right, Sam? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> what? That was garbage. Oh. His mom oh. literally like, like the whole beginning issues. of the fifth season. All Harvey's the whole mommy beginning issues? of the fifth season. Yeah. Oh, that's that's. You need to you, need, you actually need to watch the fifth season. I, I might think. want to go back and watch this. I now. mean, because it's I mean, garbage person Mike actually like goes to jail, but there's like there's other like weird fun stuff about it. Mike is oh god, but so so. Back I mean, in the there is, is something good to get from most things, I guess. I mean, in worst case scenario, I could probably watch more of Gabriel Mock's face. That was really what was compelling me during both of these episodes. Really, Maura? We couldn't tell. I know. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, the uh, thing that I hate about it is he's so This is, plain, actually but... does have more Scotty, uh, Abigail Spencer. I always love a good nice. Abigail Spencer appearance. Yes, yes. All right, well, so... She's great. So, so back in that... that uh, the the flashback time they told they sold the test for the money, and it, I guess everything seems to work out so far. But uh, we'll find out a little bit more about that too. But um, Mike's I mean, gonna go. No, nothing's gonna turn out well when Trevor was just like, he. Why did Trevor? Do Trevor this? sucks. Like, Trevor I, sucks I, at alarm. He made the face of selling anything. I'm not a good salesman, really. Here's the here's a solution. If you were trying to think if something was a good idea or not, be like, did Trevor think of this? And if the answer is yes, the answer is no. Like, it's never a good idea if Trevor thought of it. Like, I don't think he's well, ever done a single thing. the scene just ranking the girl he sold it to oh, on a look scale. He's the worst. But so... They ended uh, up in a four, by the way, guys. 
Do they really? I stopped paying yes. attention. I heard them ranking well, and I was already well, like, oh. When did you ever start paying attention? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he, he, they're so gross. He's so gross. And he also, I think, just makes Mike a lot grosser by proxy, which is, I mean, not to say that that's something that completely be blamed on Trevor, but it certainly does not make the Mike scenes any better when he's around. But, um, so he, he they, they, they get the money and they're going to go bring it to the drug dealer and Mike feels like compelled to go with him for some reason. I don't know why. I know he's their friends and they're trying to protect them, but it's, it's just... Well, you just—you literally just answered your own. I question. know, I know, but it's—it's it's stupid because guys are stupid. More. I know, I know, but it's just why would you risk you both getting hurt? If at least one of you could—I don't know—it's to stupid. protect the other. Uh, I mean, I hate Trevor too, but like it's on—it's it's obvious loyalty that, that makes sense. Right. And in this instance, like if you're gonna question things, that—that's the last thing to question. That's you're, you're right. Um, but so they do go over to the drug dealer's house. Also, you ignore that Gary Cole acknowledges that he misfiled the thing in the first place. Right. Oh, sorry. Yes, that happened in the interim. And um, it, it's it's tough because and, I think and at also that in point, present day, Mike tells uh, Stephen that there's bluffing involved. And <laughs> it was just so stupid. It was like it was like the word of the day is. Bluff. And it was like everyone just starts saying bluff all of a sudden. And yeah, it's like bluff, uh, bluff, Mike bluff, bluff. Mike also brings up that Harvey wouldn't like jeopardize this like, case over the personal things of Donna and Steven, which was true. Right. And, and I, now we're back in 10 years ago. Right. And it and it's... I, I, I found it to be partly just the, the stuff with the Gary Cole stuff. It was it was a, kind of blindsiding because up until this point, he does not... He's obviously a complicated person, but you didn't... I mean, I, we know the current day version of him is, is crazy, but like in oh, this... Gary Cole? Yeah, well, I mean, to a degree, but we didn't I know, know he was willing to... I don't know we're talking about why we're talking about that, because we're, we're at the Omar scene right now. No, so I just meant, before we jumped over, that the, he knowingly buried it. That's a pretty severe thing to do. Like, he's just basically like, yeah, I fucking did it on purpose. Deal with it. Like, it is a very strong stance to take, I think. that I'm not only doing things illegally, I am gleefully doing them. And you get the idea that he's done it multiple times and will continue to do it. So, I found it to be kind of really off-putting but so anyway so we get back to um i mean the, we kind of had the idea that he was not a great guy from like the first oh well, yeah the first season just, but... again this is all stuff that's already been there mora i know i'm just trying to explain it if you haven't watched the show if you but... haven't watched the show mora's not gonna help you understand it better oh okay i'm sorry <laughs> i tried but so um so they uh Back in the in the drug dealer side of things, they go and meet Omar, which is actually just Adam Rose. I don't know what it's to do with this Max from scene. Veronica Mars, who sold tests on Veronica Mars, and a storyline about goddamn selling tests. But, like, <laughs> yes. This whole scene... that Omar is not a Middle Eastern guy or a black guy. It's a white guy who is obsessed with black things. Notably, The Wire. Notably, here's why I'm never going to watch The Wire, because of all you white dudes who are obsessed with it. What the <laughs> fuck is this entire scene? Like, what the fuck were they thinking? I mean, it's a terrible scene, but the fact that he yeah. is a white guy named Omar who's obsessed with The Wire, that was like the most, oh yes, we know white people are the worst scene. And I appreciated that, because it was clearly intentional in this case. Everything else <laughs> is trash. Well, see, the thing, yeah, that side of it I definitely agree with. But then they go on and make Mike and Trevor so terrible on top of it. So it's like almost like they do Let's know Mike. I mean, Trevor's garbage, but like Mike is Mike especially, too. yeah. And I, it, it's troubling because I'm wondering. I know Russ Trent. <laughs> Russ Trent. <laughs> ja! But so, Russ <laughs> Oh god, I'm linking that in the Russ Trent right now. Oh my god, it's so good. But yes, so. I. <laughs> Yes, I. Oh my god. But so the the trouble here partly is that 
I don't know. Like so you're fun. right. It's a- yeah. You're absolutely right that it's a great critique on on uh, white people being obsessed with the wire and black things in general. But it's weird because as self-reflexive as that feels, they then make their two well main character Mike. Trevor really does nothing in this he scene. Nothing. So it's it's once they're leaving that Trevor joins in on the terribleness. Right, but e- either way, they make their main character. Just as bad or or as worse in a way, because he's he's joking about how awful that guy was, but just being just as terrible in the process. Like it was so yeah. crazy. He speaks in the magic in in the magical uh, world of coolness, which is pop culture references. It, and then this is still it's I mean it's a pop culture reference, but it's it's just it's squeaking by to be gross. Like I, it's terrible. Like, it's not know, squeaking by. It's gross. Yeah, it's just completely gross. Allow a black person to tell you it's gross. It's very gross, and I I found <laughs> I found it like really mortifying because I'm like, why is he even saying things like like what is he? Not only is the motherfucker back in the mix, he's, yeah. he's they're using the n word, and it's like it's crazy. I guess this is also maybe a situation where the pr- people who wrote it, I don't know if they were black or white, but they might have thought that they were curbing it by not using the any version of the actual, I guess it was, is it the direct quote they were using? Because I think the entire time... Well, it's a direct quote, the direct quote uses the, the actual N-word. Right! So I'm like, yeah. well, so you have to acknowledge you're not using a version of it that's, that's, I guess we'd say worse, but they're still using a terrible, like, I don't understand the logic that went into writing this entire scene. Like, if you're gonna, if you're gonna be using any direct quote that involves the n-word just say the N- not don't say the actual n-word but say the n <laughs> it's hard to phrase it but say the n-word don't say don't give me a version of it like what are you doing i don't understand what they're even thinking so they self-censored a little bit but also they didn't because they mistook the fact that that was self-censoring it's not it's still offensive so and i mean i'm, I'm a white person saying that so i'm a black person it was luckily cr- omar's white he's very white and and of course the, the first thing mike says in the scene is where's omar because haha the wire <laughs> <laughs> and from the minute he opens the door it's the whole joke is basically like this is who you're afraid of what and i get it like the joke is partly supposed to be, like, why were you freaking out so much, Trevor? But then they make it into a whole different... Like, it's almost like they throw that joke out the door the second they walk in. It just becomes more about, let's mess with this guy. But Mike's version of messing with him is still calling him the N-word. And it's, like, really weird, like... And you're supposed to be, like, on this guy's side or something? I was just like, this is a shitty character. What's well, happening? Trevor White Boy. Well, he that said, happened. yeah. He, he... So, basically, they... they I don't even know what's going. On. I, don't, I don't even know how to phrase this without being super offensive. But basically, I mean, he, you've already offended all the uh, secretaries in the world. So. <laughs> I'm sorry, secretaries. <laughs> sorry, Bertha. But so I, I found this to be like almost impossible to, to to parse because more or less Mike just sort of talks back to him reflexively in his own like weird vernacular, which is just this white boy quoting things half-assed and being gross, and then he's giving him this, he's like, oh, here's more drugs, and he's like, this is for you, not the white boy, and I'm like, but this is a white guy saying this to two white, what, what? I I, I want the flashback of Omar gets, like, jumped by, like, an actual black guy. (laughs) I want that so badly. 
Same with Mike and Trevor. I would take that as well, especially if they're leaving. I was happy they were kind of jumped by those cops. <laughs> so I was like, that's nice. But so anyway, they leave. And they Mike. They jumped by cops. No, more. they were just. You yeah. should, black people I'm are sorry. actually jumped by cops. I'm You're being right. topical now. You're right. So, <laughs> they, do get, they do get arrested. They weren't even arrested. They weren't even they were cops, just, like, though. They were just a campus police, I think, right? I don't know. They're the yeah. campus police. But so, either way, at least they got, like, kind of what's coming to them a little bit. Not Mike, but yeah, Trevor did. But so, anyway, so, the, um, the... Oh, and uh, don't forget, in that moment, uh, that's where they continue to quote it, and that's when uh, Trevor gets in on saying Negro it, Negroes with him. And, and also, uh, this is the part where we're supposed to think, hey, Trevor does have a soul, and I know this because the showrunner, like, said this in an Entertainment Weekly interview, is that, like, with the weed, uh, like, if they find it, it's mine, basically, is what Trevor says to him. Like, yeah, that's the it. Is, the weed is yours, It dude. is yours, like, you idiot. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I fucking hate this show. Yeah, like, <laughs> the, the, the instance of him being a good guy I is, like, fucking hate Trevor. taking claim Jesus for Christ. things that is his. Accountability. <laughs> the bare minimum. <laughs> oh, god. But so, what's so crazy to me is when they're quoting this scene, which is the Royal with Cheese scene from um, uh, Pulp Fiction, they're walking out and saying it, and, and the whole time Mike is smirking, and they're quoting it to each other, and this, this the, the guy they're making fun of is nowhere in earshot, so they're full on just having a good time quoting a Quentin Tarantino movie, which is on its own, like, it is a Tarantino movie, so it's its own level if you want to get to that point, of it's a white guy directing it, but it's, it's shitty no matter how you turn it, because they're just quoting things directly, and it's not good. And they're having a great yeah. time. They're like, they got the weed in their hand, they're like smiling, they never, it's a nice the day. They wouldn't even ask a black guy if they get to the N-word, they would just say it. Just say it! And they're like, what's <laughs> the big deal, man? Like, oh my god. And, and they're the kind of person I didn't say, like, I you didn't said cracker. The ER. like, I said it with the A at the end, you guys. <sighs> and, well, they didn't even say that. They said it with, with the R. It's just crazy. Well, no, it's... I'm saying, because pretend that this isn't a show, and, like, this is real life. They, <laughs> would, they would be like, I didn't say it with the ER. It's, it's all good, fam. I love they pretending would say. this isn't a show. It's great. <laughs> but so, but this is... Part also, of my tra- problem. in real life, Trevor would be a coke dealer, not marijuana. Oh, definitely. That was one of my biggest problems with it. That's Latoya. I, I brought up the marijuana stuff with the weirdness of the ounce and how much there was. Is it made no sense yeah. that this guy? Well, even the scenes. Oh my god, I no, have so coke much. Coke would actually be five thousand dollars. Yeah, no, it's that would make much more sense. That would totally yeah. make sense to me. And you could fit I mean, a, a whole did, lot. Did, lot did of Mike ever really check in the briefcase? It could have been coke. It falls honestly. out. It does fall I out. Think, but no, yeah. I think no. I pretty much it fell out right in the pilot. Yeah, it episode. does. That yeah. Harvey sees it. Was... It's the worst tracking because somehow banging into a staircase and in like a room or something is enough to knock open an entire briefcase full of weed. It just did not make any sense. It was dumb. <laughs> but so it falls out and Harvey's like, what's with all the weed? But there are a lot of scenes where he's smoking weed, which it, it is terribly done. Like, it is the stuff of, like, oh, I've, I, I smoked weed in college. Let me write this, like, this, this plot about this guy smoking and dealing weed. It is some of the most tone-deaf shit I've ever seen. Like, yeah, all the stuff... the drug expert, of course. <laughs> yeah, the drug expert. But the stuff where, where Trevor comes over and, like, tries to get him to sell it is crazy. Then there's a scene in, in the first season where Harvey comes over and they smoke, because I think Harvey, like, quits for a day or something. It's cr- it, there are some moments on that where it is just some of the most they treat it's one of those things where they treat weed where it's like coke it, it, it's all just like a, a stand-in for coke because no way these lawyers are smoking that much weed they're all doing coke that's what it is so either way so in this scene well, they're, they're trying both- to mellow out you're not doing that with coke <laughs> exactly and also the the trouble here too is that in this scene what's I find to be some of the most blatantly 
two white guys on a college campus situation, not only are they quoting Pulp Fiction word for word and being offensive, he has literally, like, a small baggie of weed just tossing it in the daylight. Like, no no care in the world. Like, there are people walking around. Like, why would you... The first thing I mean, you do if you're going to walk out of the room... Who are these narcs on this campus? <laughs> but still, like, why that is brazen. Like, narcing him for, like, the weed situation. It's college. But it's brazen. <laughs> and it's, like, 2000. The security could pinpoint Trevor. But this is also the year, remember, it's a flashback to, like, years ago. There's no way any college campus is going to be that chill about him walking around with just drugs in in plain sight like that. It was crazy. And he's just, like, they're loud, they're, like, laughing, they're, like, like, quoting the movie. We don't really know what the school is that they were at. I don't think any school would have been that. You could have walked around Berkeley with a baggie of weed in broad daylight. People are going to be like, dude, keep it chill. Like, just don't be that obnoxious about it. I can understand if they were smoking mm-hmm. weed. They were just holding a bag of weed. They were smoking crazy. it. That would have been at least a little bit more legit because at least Are they were out like, walking. Yeah, because then you could toss it or something. This is a huge, but yet that's, you're going to get caught with possession. It's like a lot instead of just having a I, little bit. I, I, I vaguely even remember ever seeing a, like camp security just hanging around on the campus when I was in college. Like, well, when you're we, right with that, but there, I could totally see people... I mean, I guess it's maybe the kind of campus are, where there's... Maura, are you saying you were a narc in college? No! I was not a narc <laughs> in college. It sounds like you're saying. No. Like, I didn't, you saw something and you always say something. I guess all of my college campuses... I mean, one of them was too um, too, too full of people. It was just too full. It would be too brazen. It was just, it's partly just a, like a city. And the other one had nuns walking around, so you're just not tossing weed around. Yeah. That's all I mean. I think you're... <laughs> I don't think you're the best, like, critique for this specific situation, then. <laughs> okay. Well, That's I'm sure the there norm. are some campuses. It's, That's it not still... the norm at all. Okay. To it be fair, still... I feel like my college campus has security, like, everywhere, so. And you're, you go, you're in Colorado, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. But anyway, so, I, I yeah. find this to be just The campus more... is also smoke-free, to be fair, too. Yeah. So. That's, that, that's your... That's the thing there, too, so. Like, that's I feel part like you of guys it aren't is... exactly the right... people to judge this situation right here. I just, I mean, like, who wants to risk, I mean, it's like walking downtown with, like, a bag of weed tossing it around. Like, it just seems, it seems like you're asking for trouble. I don't know, I guess it's not quite. It's not the same as walking around downtown. For for me, it was. Homeless people on a campus. I guess for me, my college campus was kind of like that, so that's probably where I'm coming from. But so anyway, so it, it just seemed like they're having they're no care in the world until, bam, these two campus cops somehow know him, Trevor on site, which I was I'm like, wow. Sure there was a picture. Like, I know, but it was like, how do they know where he is that day? They went on a random drug deal? Like, it's a lot of things. I Were they, like, lurking like, around oh, the entire campus? Oh, drug dealer's door. Maybe right? they should be scoping that out, dumbass. I know, you know right? Drug dealer he has so many, they have so many bigger concerns than cheating, but if, I, that does feel kind of legit. That they were the drug dealer, of course, lived in the door because he's a white kid who probably came to college straight lace, and then he saw the wire, and it changed his life, and that's <laughs> when he was, became a drug dealer. It was who knows nuts. what happened? It probably very you you were dead on, <laughs> but he it's also weird when he came to college. Oh god, I fucking hate it. And so <laughs> he probably had working light bulbs too when he came to college. He has a total like he, he has a total Presbolusky <laughs> like beard and everything too. It's ridiculous. But so so they. They, um, they get, he basically just gets full on caught in daylight, like, oh shit, and taken away. And it's, like, we met, you mentioned before, like, there's a moment where he's like, if they catch the weed, it's mine. But it's like, they want you. Assuming that they want Mike is the problem here. You should assume they want you, Trevor, because they you're the person. They assumed it was for the, just like, drugs in general first. 
Yeah, and then they, they're like, it's because someone's st-. And also, they just, like, give it up immediately. They're like, somebody sold a test with <laughs> this college campus. Like, I guess they don't have a lot of things that they're arresting people for. But they're not real cops. I, how do they even have the authority? I guess they do, because it's, it's the college, but still. I so mean, they- uh, as we learn in, like, the like the final scene of the storyline, like, Mike and Trevor are really dumb college kids who don't question anything. It's so been like you have no jurisdiction to grab me. Basically. Oh, when we get Not to the scene, cop, yeah. when we get to the scene with Mike and the dean, it's some of the most insane thing. I, I don't know how this even was supposed to. It was so dumb. But so, um, <laughs> <laughs> I made me I curious. Blame Graham. It's all her fault. Fucking Graham, man. Fucking Graham. <laughs> she was the worst. Um, so Donna and Harvey um are arguing still about the fact that like he he didn't take it out, but she now knows that he was being forced to take it out. Um, so Donna figures out, like, okay, he's obviously been doing this before, and she does some research and figures out there's other times he's buried evidence. And and I think this is, a, again, another really powerful moment where I feel like it really displays why, to me, Donna and Harvey are among people, some of the more compelling people in the show, where you have <clears throat> her really honestly saying to him, if you do this now, you're gonna keep doing it. And it's very true. It's like, once you, you'll, you might be able to, to turn a corner in your life, once but you if you don't- the phone, don't stop. <laughs> exactly. So, <clears throat> in the present day, of course, in the meanwhile, you get a contrast of her just being MIA for most of the episode because he, um, she's busy doing other things and worrying about Harvey, um, which is bumming Harvey out. Um, and I the flashback. Like, okay. For my present day uh, note, I really just wrote the quote straight <clears throat> out of my face. I don't remember who said it. Um, Harvey, sure Harvey. Harvey said that to, to Steve. Steve. Like, yeah. Okay. Steven's sitting at her desk. I my my present day note is just Donna's missing. Like <laughs> it's pointless. Yeah. That's, That's how like, irrelevant the present. More is. context than stay out of my face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so the flashback then back to that is this is where I was like oh I have I I I forgot I was like okay I saw the pilot episode it was frustrating as hell fine but then I'm like, oh, this is why I watch this show. We get, like, ten minutes of Gabriel Mock hitting baseballs. I was like, yeah, that's why I watch it. Um, but so, <laughs> I'm like, oh, yay, Harvey and his daddy issues. Yeah, this is pretty bad, now. though. Yeah, yeah, Harvey goes to meet his dad. It's, actually, it's technically not as bad as his mommy issues. They're just, like, a result of the mommy issues. Yeah, it's kind of, they're incidental to each other. But, um, so Harvey's, like, uh, this is, also, I didn't need the random gendered, like, slur of Harvey, like, this is where they said to find the women's softball team, and he's, like, <laughs> and the dad's, like, God, good one, son, and it was, like, you. <laughs> but still, like, uh, and then he, then he takes the bat, and they start just basically, like, hitting baseballs, and he knows that, the, the father knows pretty much instantaneously, you're not here unless there's something ethically wrong, because that's the reason why you'd come and say, is this something illegal, should I say something, that kind of thing. Because when your son is working for the D- DA, it's probably the kind of question... It's a pretty logical uh, assumption yeah. to make, is that if I have a problem, it's probably ethical. Um, because he's... Uh, Harvey, for all of his, like, I think somewhat troubled upbringing, he's at a place now where if he has problems, they're probably bigger picture than, than your he, normal problem. Once he had a troubled upbringing... Well, not how troubled. do you remember his backstory, Mora? Not troubled <laughs> upbringing, I just mean, like... A, I want to know how you remember it. <laughs> he was... I mean, he was... He was like Mike in a way, but it was just not quite as bad as Mike. Like, Mike went to different extremes, I think. No. Not necessarily. I think the the big thing with Harvey is that his mom cheated on his dad, like, repeatedly. Right. And he knew about it for a long time, and he had to keep it secret, so it kind of messed him up. Well, no, I think it influences a lot of what he does, too. No, sorry, you're right. So, I... I, (laughs) Ah, cop out. Um, So, so he's like, yeah. Also, like... (laughs) 
it, the frustrating thing with this scene is the dad gives him basically the exact same advice that Donna gave him. So like, why don't we even look in baseball terms, Mora? Great. <laughs> God, baseball terms. And he, he, he it's true, he will keep doing this unless something stops. Like, he needs to figure out a way to, to break the cycle now instead of later. Um, and at the same time, Mike and... Uh, in the same Mike park, and, Maura, and that's how you know park. you can see at the same time. Also, uh, my note, I didn't realize I wrote this because I was, like, writing it subconsciously, but I wrote my note as Mike and dead grandma are talking. <laughs> <laughs> I totally didn't even mean to write that. I just, that's how I think of her. Because so much of this show has her hanging over. It's, it's pretty gross because, like, the minute she's introduced in the series, she's dead, like, how how many episodes later? Like not a lot, right? It's, like, at, the, it's at the maybe at the end of season two. Yeah, more. It's not yeah. just like the. That's the still first pretty season, early like, though. Laura, it's yeah. pretty I don't early. Think you actually ever watched the show? I did. I did. I <laughs> you this episode and now the pilot. For the record, <laughs> I think the problem. <laughs> I I know what's happening. But the problem, the, the problem, I think, is that the seasons are short, so I think I misremember them as a lot closer together. That's my biggest Or you've just never seen the show. That you might be it, that Harvey had the same, like, upbringing as Mike, and that's completely wrong. <laughs> that That is a, I, that's, that's a fault of mine not having watched it for a while, I think. But I definitely remember the, the grandma dying because I was like, oh my god, that's pretty fucked up. Because I didn't see it coming. I thought it would happen a lot Did later. you saw it in because... a commercial before an episode of Royal Pains? Is that why? <laughs> Yep. In, in fact, I think it's actually the episode where Harvey and Mike smoke weed together. That yes. Was friends, so, I, think it, yeah. I think that's why I remember it so vividly. I was like, oh god, this is awful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, that Mike's weed smoking killed his grandmother. Yep. <laughs> yep. It definitely did. But so, anyway, so so they, um, they're... I mean, she is guilting him from the get-go, pretty much. God damn it. It's, it's, it's that this scene. Let's crack is, it open, guys. <laughs> she says Trevor is an asshole in the making. Like, no, he's already an asshole, but still. And you can tell, I, the way that they, they they phrase that, the way that the script's written, you can tell it was like a beat for us to be like, damn, that granny just said asshole. <laughs> like, that's what you're <laughs> supposed to think. So much of... So much of Patrick J. Adams' acting with her, in particular, is sort of like, my grandma says the darndest things. And it's like... N- but if she's been I saying these kinds of things the whole time, uh, I I feel like this is something from the from the pilot. I too, realize she you says, just, "This is your first time watching the show." <laughs> <laughs> I can't disagree with you on that one. But the but in the pilot, he also does similar stuff with this, where she mentions like certain things, like you know, they're they're joking about getting the the being poisoned by the staff and stuff. She says a lot of stuff that you're supposed to be like, "Oh, this grandma, this well, grandma's really pilot like, sassy. of a television show." I know, but still, I just I I feel like in general he. He kind of talks to her like, oh, Grandma, you're so sassy and nuts. I can't believe it. Like, that's the reaction shot I think we get from him a lot. Whether it's true or not is debatable. But I think she's she says, like, you know, he, he's an asshole in the making, but he's still a good person at heart. But he's not. He's also he's not completely factually untrue. Everything we know about Trevor is that he's not a good person at heart. Right! And, but she tries to... about him. She tries to even go further than that and says, like... Well, here's like, here's why. why. Should... <laughs> like, it's okay. like, no, Grandma, shut the fuck up! In general, you don't know what you're talking about! I don't know how you, how you guys' uh, weird colleges were, but, like, and, and I know it's become, like, more of a thing, like, now, but, like, cheating is, like, there's zero tolerance. Zero tolerance. Oh, yeah. You'll get yeah. you'll get taken to, like, the honors board now if yeah. you cheat. I know and you'll have a hard time getting really into another college. I understand how these things work, but, like, cheating is, like, you're, you're fucked. You'd be better off with the drug charge, to be totally honest. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'm super confused about how neither of them seem to have that. Like, why are they acting like it's? And Mike, at one point, Louis says it's no big deal, basically. Like, whatever, I'll still get into Harvard. Oh I'm yeah, like, what? He's, like, he's a three point eight, and he has like 
like no other like record. Also, basically. a three point eight. He only has Motherfucker, I had a 3.87. It's not that hard to do. Like, why are you bragging about a 3.8? Yeah, I don't understand it. He's like the, actually, that's weird. If he's the genius of he's all, he's just why the genius. He's like, the lady. Whatever, also, essays and whatever, whatever else he's done, like, that would, you know, matter. It's yeah. bullshit. It, it is like some of this. He should have said I had a 4.2 or something. That would have made it a little more believable. But even then, I don't buy it because. Any any semi intelligent person must know that there's probably a chance I'm going to get it. You should have at least a four but like you can always factor in like if you got sick someday. Well, not the sickness part. I just mean the whole. I could see like he's a slacker. That makes sense. Like he's he's doing what he feels like he's coasting. That makes sense to me. But like on another level, if he's so eager to transfer to Harvard, why does he only have an eight like a three point eight? He should be coasting at Harvard. That would make more sense. Like I don't. It didn't track. But either way, he's well uh, as we learned. Uh, from a, like another recent flashback episode, because he was coasting. Because remember, he was also acting out because of the death of his parents. Right, and that makes like, sense. Yes, he, remember, he's the one who has the dark backstory, not Harvey. And no, look, remember I that. yeah, I know. Well, now yeah. I remember. But like, I I understand that. Why well, do I know it. how he even got into Harvard? If he only had I know. A That's what I mean. That's what I mean. You don't know what he wrote in his essay. I'm sure his essay. Honestly, my parents was, like, are dead, and my like, grandma's a, a crazy lady. Let me in. But like. <laughs> I don't understand. My grandma's a fucking bitch, <laughs> and you gotta get him away from her. He would have been better off moving in with Trevor's family, which is a crazy thing to say, but maybe. I don't know. Oh, no. He would have probably been worse off. He probably would have been, like, uh, stealing cars. He probably would have been, like, straight <laughs> at would. at that point. Oh, my God. You're, you're probably right. I don't know. What, do we ever meet Trevor's parents, though? Are they terrible? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. Maybe they are terrible, but I just—I always got the impression that Trevor was but just. We know Trevor's terrible, always, and they raised that. But I always that got the impression so. that Trevor was like an outlier. Like he was just a shit person to start. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like his parents <laughs> could do nothing to change it. But I might just be reading things into his shitty personality. But Rams enables this. He's pretty shitty. Too, exactly. Like, like, he's got bad situations <laughs> written all over. But okay, let's get back to this cheating thing because I don't understand this. So, so we're saying that like Harvard. Is accepting him. Fine, we'll suspend our disbelief. Mike, for some reason, believes that Harvard won't rescind his. Well, my problem is not that he has a three point eight because I buy that circumstances have let him sort of coast a little bit, and he's getting a three point eight. He probably wrote about his dead parents right. in his like Fine. application. But why would he brag about that? Like, why would he say he was? Yeah, he bragging. was. He was saying I have a three point eight. <laughs> Harvard will totally let me in. Like he was saying, like I've got this this shit locked up. Laura, we. We spent the entire podcast talking about how you've interpreted things versus how they're actually displayed. I thought that was cr- he wasn't what bragging. What else would he say? I have a three point eight. Why else would he say that? <laughs> he was. <laughs> he was like, I have a three point eight. That's the scene. He was basically saying that because of his grades and because he got into Harvard, basically that this would be things for leniency, pretty much. He would assume because he's a great student. He just got into Harvard. He assumed, for some reason, because television doesn't understand the zero-tolerance policy right. that most, if not all, colleges have for cheating, that this would mean, and if this were another circumstance, given what we find out in the scene, he probably would have gotten off lightly, or at least had to take, like, a failing grade for that test or whatever, or something. That's probably what would have happened. I guess I just... He didn't I just say, I, just I have a 3.8. So Haha, suck it, yeah. world. <laughs> Suck it, Graham. But I, I, I guess I have such a hard time suspending my disbelief that any any person who cheated like that and got caught for it would not just be expelled. Like it's just it's yes. just how it happens. Like you can't sell tests like and not a, get expelled. A, a dumb TV thing. 
Yeah, it was not like a friend copying off a friend's test because he didn't think he'd be able to make the class grade. This is someone profiting largely a thousand dollars off of a sold test that was the only one in existence. It was like he. It was a. And the thing it was is, a like criminal act. It's like one of those. But he could be fined for it too. Other instances, if like if it were a take-home test, they could have like made the argument that like, oh, Trevor just stole it from him. But like this is the type of thing where like obviously Mike right. remembered the test. Intent. Told him. There's intent yeah. there. So that, that's Plus, how you I don't think Mike definitely was like part of it. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, you have to because there's no other way for them to have gotten the test and Mike to have gotten. Basically, there's there's no way Trevor could have gotten that test yeah. unless Trevor like broke into the place, and I don't think that would have that made no sense. But so, what's troubling here as well is that the fact that like they're not acting like this is a criminal act. Like, yeah. I mean, Trevor's obviously being expelled, but like he also like. Sold something. That's fraud. I think is the fact that Graham's like says basically you should turn yourself in for this asshole. Yeah. Sorry. We're we're we're, we're tapping this around. So basically, you should feel guilty and should. This was nuts. I don't know what we're supposed (laughs) to even take from this scene. It just made me like hate this character, hate the entire concept of their friendship. It was just shitty in general. So Graham says to him, pretty much just like, look, you remember the Trevor of yesteryear basically where where when his parents died he cried for like a week trying to get him to move in with his family which doesn't even really track because who cares why would he have to move in with Evans? he has grand i bet if you could talk about the trevor of yesteryear there's still also moments in like their childhood where he like tried to cheat off mike or like got mike there was latoya that's the thing here let me scroll up a second that's why i was really glad i watched the pilot because there's another point too where he mentions like um, uh, I don't have it open in front of me, but there's a point, I'm gonna paraphrase it, because I don't remember exactly, but he says, um, it's like the time, you've been, you've been giving me problems since I was, at that time I che- you cheated off me in third grade, or something like that. Yeah. So not only did this happen before, it happened in third grade. This has happened so, more times than that. Multiple times, yeah, that's all it says to me, is that if he's doing it that early, he's doing it all the time, frequently, anytime they've had a test together, or any kind of, you even know, then, I don't, I think. Childhood best friend, it doesn't change the fact that Trevor is a leech. Yeah, and there's always been a right. leech, and, then, and the fact that Grams is like supporting him is bullshit. Is nuts. And also, there's a problem here to me is that Mike has gotten in trouble. They mentioned like the time we got in trouble in third grade for you cheating off me. That means that literally this has all happened before. Yeah. There's a point at which it's all happened before will all happen again. I also like the <laughs> warned of this. It warned of Trevor. Uh... <laughs> he was the plan. But so um. <laughs> But so, in third grade, he gets caught for cheating, and I guess something happened to him. Maybe that wouldn't go on his permanent record, I guess, because it's third grade or whatever, but still, it's like, it's enough that they got in trouble for yeah. it, severely in trouble. And to me, I'm like, why, if this has happened before, why would, A, he ever agree to do this again, or B, act like this is something that, like, is a one-time deal with Trevor? Clearly, it's not only happened before, it will happen again. Because he's like, He's both made guilty by his stupid grandma and also Trevor because, you know, Trevor's his best friend who's always been there for him. So he's guilted into always doing things for him. And because he is, like, a, in theory, like, a, a good-hearted person, at least deep down, Mike, I'm saying, that's why he always goes back to, like, helping Trevor. And then basically the beginning of Suits is, like, the turnaround where he finally says enough is enough and it's time for a change. But this makes the, the end of, of season yeah, five, like, all the more infuriating. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> trash, garbage. <laughs> Trevor's actually the worst character on the show. I mean, Mike is terrible in his own way, but, like, Trevor's legitimately the worst character in the history of the show. (laughs) Agreed. Definitely agreed. But so, the trouble with Trevor, partly, too, is that, like, or I guess you could say more, maybe Mike's problem, but, like, I don't understand why Mike wouldn't just say, look, we're best friends, you've done a lot for me, 
even though it's all pretty much your fault that you're now you're getting expelled, let's just agree to disagree about all this because they had no proof that Mike did it really, and it, especially once. I mean, that it's circumstantial evidence, but like it's just like who else would it have been? He lives with the guy. But who, they, I don't know if you could have expelled him. I don't he know lives if with the guy who it. probably is the only person who aced the test. Laura. It seems to me that his confession is what really gets him expelled, though. I don't think he would have been expelled necessarily, which is the crazy. Guy, but he, I don't. He even says like, "I knew it was you," and like, I bet if if Mike were the only person, because Mike didn't have his like uh, test results yet. He just knew he aced it because of, like his brain. So like, right. there's a chance that Mike was the only person who aced the test in the first place. And true. Maybe- I mean, it's all true, but I'm saying there's a chance he could have gotten away with it, basically. He should have taken it, he should have gone to Harvard, and he should have put outside a little slush fund for Trevor once he gets out of whatever jail or whatever, or he's just gonna be the, yeah, the expelled kid. He's not going it's to prison, like, stupid. what? <laughs> why are they- why would you- so, no, so, we jump ahead, basically, but so, Mike t- takes Trevor away from his- to become a weed dealer anyway. So wait, are we but but Trevor, does Trevor go back to school? Well he doesn't get like expelled. I thought yeah. he did. I thought they no. both did. He, no. He, no, it's just Mike. Oh, so it makes even less it's sense. Because he, because he wants to punish Mike. But why wouldn't Trevor get expelled? Because he still did help does sell Trevor, it. Like, how does Trevor like get through everything he gets through? I know, I know. But so anyway, so so anyway, the Mike goes to the dean to, to plea with him to not do this, and he basically turns himself in, and he and he's even like the body language of Mike <laughs> when he's in his in his meeting is like we both know this is no big deal. <laughs> like what's happening okay, Laura, here? Again, you're reading into this your own bias. I know. I he's very. I think he's very contrite here. Like he's very like. He, he still thinks it's gonna go on his. All of this. Yeah. He thinks it's gonna like, go the well. The dean tries to act like, oh, you think you're just gonna get off easily? Like, no, he's like being serious here. I understand yeah. you hate him so much. We all hate him so much. But we can but, like he's can we not agree? Being here. We can agree though. He did not think he was gonna get expelled walking into that room. Yes. And it's and really, really, I think, absurd to even suspend our disbelief and think that because I in guess what world? We what, if we're going, like, we're supposed to believe that in this world or whatever. That, like, it's not zero tolerance, and he would have just gone, like, or at least gone in front of a board, you know, like, to see... Right! Yeah. There's no scenes of any of this, there's no... It's 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 very unethical. Really, he could have said something about this dean. I think we are supposed to believe that maybe he's, like, put on, like, dean's list or whatever, like, he's basically, like, a model student, and that it would make no sense for him to be expelled all of a sudden, you know? Yeah. But I just... Again, it's just... Cheating is just so... Not not only is cheating like just casual cheating not looked at f- fairly. Like you I can't even like to, fa- guess- plagiarizing is getting you expelled. So I don't know what they're trying to do. Like this is like selling a test for answer. It's just not going to pass anywhere in the country. I don't think. But I anyway. guess we're also supposed to uh, just we just in general, not maybe everyone watching, should assume that like the people who like who wrote the show are older men who never like in, when, in their college experience they never had to think about. Like the zero, t- like that wasn't part of like their college experience, basically. Yeah, it probably is maybe more of a modern problem because now yeah. the, probably the internet has a huge part of that. It's harder. To- I remember it becoming a bigger thing like when I was in high school. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember yeah. in high school there was a zero tolerance policy for some high school. Yeah, and like uh, like the website specifically yeah. to check or play. play yes, there are, there are. Even then, I, I still feel it was more lax when I was in high school versus when I actually. It's just got it's to only college. gotten more yeah, and more but, intense. I think pretty much. So. Yeah. Because uh, when did this this episode air again? Did we say 2012? So yeah. This- would have been in 2002 in high school and i mean in college i mean and yeah that's like i 
I wasn't even, yeah, my senior year of high school was 2005, 2006, and that's what, so that was a little later than this. So I think they would have been on the cusp of, like, getting, enforcing more zero tolerance. But I think, I guess at this point, they were still kind of more lenient. So that that could explain why he would I think, mean, oh, I'm, I mean, I'm I think fine. they would be more lenient to plagiarism, not to selling tests for answers. That, to me, is just, that's a legal problem. Like, he, they, that, the, the cops should be involved. That's where I think I find it kind of ridiculous. But either way, what, I mean, it, it's debatable. The fact that there is the, the Trevor about selling tests, and not specifically Mike, I mean, the only thing that really makes Mike, like, culpable is the fact he that knew the answers. he had to have told him yeah. the answers. So, so the whole thing is stupid, but regardless of that, like, the part of the problem here is that he thinks that I'm going to turn myself in. And then what, what he should really have just done is go to school and then deal with it. If, if he didn't ever talk to this dean, maybe this this kind of leniency we're talking he about could have... should have talked to Trevor about this. Although Trevor would have been, like... He would have done his Trevor... Martyr bullshit. To get but, like, so, yeah. like uh, the thing way. with Trevor is that, like, he's he, he has this act, like, I'm going to just sacrifice myself for you, but somehow, conveniently, he never has to. Like, it's... Yeah. It's a pilot episode all over again where he gets caught figuring out that Mike is in a setup, and instead of figuring out a way to get to Mike and tell him, he just kind of lets himself be, like, kidnapped. I mean, that's a little bit harder, because there really was no way for him to do it, but it, it just... It, 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 whether his circumstances or the circumstances around him, Trevor somehow is the type of person that brings about the kind of badness that he can never fully help Mike out the way that Mike helps him out. It's not a compelling person. He's a, he's a shit character. But so... Trevor literally just coasts throughout, like, yeah. the entire fucking show. And then comes back in season five with, like, like his tut, moral tut. superiority. Yeah, exactly. Tries to t- trying to tell Stupid. Mike the, how he should now live his life. And like, so the Mike... Did he find Jesus? Like, honestly. Did he find Jesus? Like, they never say that, like, he found Jesus, but, like, that's the kind of, the, like, the moral superiority he seems to have. I bet. Yeah. He found some kind of Jesus. But so... Oh my god! You should watch. I bet you, you can give us like your, your Trevor hot. You know what I really think happens? Trevor found Zenu. <laughs> like that yeah. makes sense to me. That kind of makes sense considering. Yeah, uh, he's like a really zombie, does. honestly. When he comes back. But so um so anyway so they go back um Harvey is signing that uh, affidavit to oh, say that he well, made the mistake. Or do you uh, want to go? We have to, I am. We are going. Didn't really talk much about bar. Mike with the dean because how right. the dean well, reacts. A little bit, yeah, so it's yep. insane. I don't know what to even say, because Mike freaks out, understandably. The dean, honestly, ethically, the dean... And well, the, Also, the, there's a severe reaction. Why would the dean lose his job because his daughter bought a test? Yeah, the, first, le- the first part of it is that, like we were saying before, Trevor is, like, really shitty, and, like, he didn't he didn't pay attention to who he was selling the test to, and it turns out the person was the dean's daughter. And I bet, like, like you could have found the last name, you could have been like, hey, Exactly! Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, like, if you're telling someone, I want to buy this test, and you don't check even off. check their, their their driver's license, you're doing a bad job. A yeah, bad, if, bad job. If you're selling, like, an in-demand test for $1,000 to someone, you better fucking, like, background check the person you're selling it to. Honestly? No, they're not on a narc one like level, Nora. Yeah. On one level, I can spot them from, like, a mile away. We know each other. Um, But so, I don't... I'm confused because, like... Who's even paying a thousand dollars? I'd be suspicious to find out who's willing to pay that. That should be right, a hint that, enough. That really makes me think it's it's someone. Someone who's got money. Me, right? So let me just make sure there's no money. Yeah, exactly. Like just just to your basic background, and then maybe like in fact it makes less sense because it's not modern, and you could say that she bought it online with like a you know like a, a VPN or something. You know, like that makes more sense to me. This is 2001. She had to have met him in person. 
He meant mentions how hot she was, right? So he's seen her. Well, how hot she was not. Well, was, was not. Before, but, remember. But she, he has seen her, so yeah, it's not he like always, he. Like, in, I guess it's... all his money is like she's just an ugly chick. I don't need to like pay attention to her. But really, you should have been paying attention to her to to get any information about her. It's nuts. It's straight up nuts. I don't understand why you would not yeah. get your at least a driver's license. But so anyway, he has he, to resign because for purely PR reasons. Like his, his, I found that really suspicious got too. Like in a big cheating scandal, basically. Yeah, yeah, but I don't. I don't know that they would have made him retire. Basically, trickled down. Like, uh, you, you, how can you like basically uh, run a school and try to keep them ethical if you can't even like raise your daughter and keep her ethical? I mean, I I buy it. I totally can see this happening. But it's like, why would they not consider that in that? Let him make the like. They would not let the same person they're firing for the it's same also- problem punish a student. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's a conflict of interest. Apparently, he's also very unethical. Crazy unethical! I mean, I I agree Mike should have probably been expelled, but still, it was like... This is like the dumbest thing, because I'm like, as he's punishing Mike, I'm like, hey, Mike, mister, I want to be a lawyer, uh, you can appeal the shit out of this. Right! To the ethics board! It's so easy! And I'm like, why is he... And if not the ethics board, shoot the shit out of the school. Oh, yeah, really. Because you just lost a Harvard education based off of a personal vendetta. Yeah, it would have been an easy case, and he would have made money off of it. And you're, you're telling me, so I guess we're saying that Mike never read the student handbook because, <laughs> unlike him or the the Winkle bosses, like he could have easily known, like you can't steal from other students or that kind of shit. But either way, to me, there's an ethics violation here that the the, the dean could not do this in good faith. I don't think yeah. so. He he never decides to pursue any of this. He just gets real grumpy, like Mer, and just like stumps out, like shoot, I'm screwed, and just kind of like commits to a life of being like a, an expelled student, like. There's no other, like, way to go to school or something, Mike? Like, I don't understand this. and Trevor and, like, this corrupt dean. And we kind of skirted over it, but we kind of, obviously she did say go do this, but so Graham explicitly says that Mike, Mike should forgive Trevor because Trevor's the kind of person who's always gonna help you and blah Uh, blah, he's worth it. Fuck was she wrong? It was stupid. It was terrible advice. Like, any adult should know Turning yourself in for this is a, is only going to get two people punished for one problem. Because there's no way that they're going to let Trevor off. In fact, the only thing that really makes no sense in this whole episode, well, many things, but, like, th- this scene in particular, is that Trevor should also stay blamed. Even though Trevor maybe just was part of the plan, he still was very much c- complicit. And he was the one who physically sold the test to the girl. So yeah. he's as much at fault at anything. Because the girl's going to be able to say... I sold it to I mean, that Mike, guy. Like, Mike is, or I got it from that guy. Mike's biggest problem is the fact that he, like, believes in Trevor and listens to the things he does. Honestly, as much, as garbage as Mike is, especially, as, and we see in the present day, and it seems with Rachel, like, You know here, what, you're 100% right. I think yeah. my biggest problem, you know, this whole, wow, you're really, re- you're reframing this whole show for me. This whole time, <laughs> I've hated Mike so much as a character but really, I hate the Mike that has been influenced by Trevor. If we had a version of the show where, like, like Ugly Betty style, where you Mike find out, like... Trevor in the head. Yeah, or something like that. <laughs> or Trevor just goes to jail after this. And, and he's AM gone. And suits that never had Trevor. Yeah, yeah. A, a version of, of suits where Trevor never bet or that Grams money or something. Too. I don't know. Trevor just got arrested. Yeah, I feel like... I, I know it's cliche, but... It feels like it makes sense if, like, Mike had to give up on his things, like, to take care of his grams. Yeah. But, like, it's a, no, he had to give up on his dream because of his shitty best friend. And he never pursued anything else? Like, it was either Harvard or Bust? Like, 
he could easily have gone into a different college. He was a genius. But, like, he was a genius. There's There are ways about that he could try and go to a different school and get at least, like, an associate's or a bachelor's or something. If he didn't go to law school, he could do something. Like, he doesn't have to just start smoking weed and selling tests and taking the LSATs and shit. Oh, yeah, and taking tests for people. That's what he started doing. But I never understood, too. Like, I mean, that's going back to the pile a little bit, too. That's why I brought that up originally. It's the whole, like, you know, now my my life is a life of selling tests, which is like, well, first, you didn't learn from your mistake. The reason you got expelled is the same thing you end up doing in the long run, which I guess is just, you could say, it's just bad cycle of behavior. He's basically given up. Right. And that's fine. I I buy that. He's doing what he can. Yeah. He's doing what he can. Like the potential Trevor wanted for him. It's so creepy. Fuck Trevor. Trevor's like Trevor. fucking like Ursula or something. <laughs> I hate him so much. And so, but the weird part of it is that like if he's able to ace all these LSATs, it's not that he like there must be people like did what he get arrested for? Was it a like, felony? That's why he should have appealed this. Is like the dean left such a black mark but on I'm, his record that like he can't go anywhere. I mean, now. it's probably like an ethics question for someone who's an actual lawyer, but I'd be curious to know if what he did is enough to to dispel him from ever passing the bar. I don't think it is. Is it? I don't think so. Probably not. It's not like it's a felony, I don't think. So, I mean, if anything, practicing so law is a, is a matter felony. of getting into another school basically to finish it. Yeah. Exactly. Without, like that black mark. And you're gonna tell me that he's this genius. And then getting into another law, like getting to a law school. Even if he doesn't go to law mark. school, whatever. He could do something besides just nothing. But like, what's confusing to me is that like, he's got this genius intellect and he doesn't choose to ever like pursue that beyond. I mean, it's a. It's a pretty common problem with a lot of those types of movies and TV shows where you have the genius who's just so burdened by their own, you know... A genius who's like, I'm gonna go help the cops. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna go help the cops, yeah. Like, daily oh, murders. But, like, every show on CBS, but, like... <laughs> but, like... <laughs> they canceled Limitless! Oh, rip. You bastard. But so... You're a bunch of Trevors over there. <laughs> you you inspired Bradley Cooper's wrath and mine, too. Oh, yes. Uh, but, so, <laughs> what's confusing to me is you have somebody who's very capable of doing anything well, probably. Mike is a very smart person, and he just chooses to do nothing. And that's, obviously, there's maybe some, like, anxiety and depression going on there, especially because he's, he's really fucked up the the path he wanted to take but there's nothing that really prevents him from going to a different law school like just go to like SUNY New York or something like you could do something random and figure Again, a way he, this is like he didn't even get to graduate college first so we're first gonna get to the college thing and it's not that hard to do he he's obviously like, a genius like he wasn't even like at law school level he was just transferring to like Harvard for undergrad still so and I mean what's he not getting this money I don't understand why he never was able to get money there like that it's to imply that if you don't get your law degree you'll never be able to make it any yourself it's like there are people making good money doing a million different things you don't have to have a law degree to do well so when it be a secretary (laughs) 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 oh Jesus full circle but yes he doesn't do anything he could easily though he could pursue an administrative career in law he does not need to do he'd be an amazing administrator in that profession He'd be a pretty great paralegal, right. honestly. So it's like, why yeah. would you but not then, have tried you know, here's what happens. I feel like here, here's what happens in the, the Suits, the paralegal Mike show. Oh, man. Is, like, he does paralegal work for, like, Lewis or something, and then he, like, points out something that could win the case, and then Lewis is like, what are you talking about? You're just a paralegal. Right. Lewis loses the case. And then it's like, then Mike's, like, too cocky and condescending, despite being right, because... Like, oh, I told you so. And it's just supposed to have been being the most condescending, like, paralegal ever. See, you know what? The thing is, what you're saying that, isn't that kind of, I mean, I, I'm not, I'm not going to say this in, in definite terms because I'm not 100%. I don't want to get, like, torn to shreds. But I think that's kind of similar to the path that Harvey actually took. 
So, I do find it compelling. I just wish we had more of that from, like... Because I feel like that would have been... How a- so? How so is that, like, the path of every time? Well, I mean, not directly, but it's at least, like, he was somebody who Jessica gave a shot to and paid for his... Basically helped to pay for his education. Yeah, he worked okay, He yeah. worked in the mailroom, I think, and he brought, yeah. brought, he, he brought up, like, a letter or so, some... It was some kind of mail that had like, gotten, that's like... That's how you like, have the comparison between something two. like that. That's what I mean. Like, I, I, I meant that, like, he had done similar, like, I found this interesting thing and I can basically help to, to the case along. And I don't... Okay, yeah, I agree with that. Although, the version of, of Mike I have is, like, more condescending. Yeah, of course. Of course. <laughs> because it's Mike. You know, especially because he'll get, like, in his self-righteous Mike mode. Yeah, as, as, he, as he does. But, like, what's frustrating is that, like, obviously it is USA, so we want the gimmick to be there. But I find that to be enough of a gimmick to me that I at least be interested in it. So, I don't know. I, I just feel like... I, I feel like that version would also be to Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's like the, yeah, the, the equation. Who did the equation? <laughs> like, who, How do you like them, who filed the Who filed these legal files? Oh, God. It is kind of like already like Goodwill Hunting. I know. Really. Only he's lying about being He's got the lawyer. shitty Tre- friend. Trevor is like Ben Affleck, except for he's Ben like, Affleck. He's like, I want to knock on your friend. door one day and I don't want you to be there. <laughs> like, yeah, at least, yeah, at least Ben Affleck didn't want him to be there. Trevor wants him to be there. Oh, Trevor difference. wants him to be there. Trevor's gonna honk his horn three times because he's not there. It's the worst. But so, <laughs> so in general, I found it to be like really, really frustrating to watch because you basically get this. You watch a good series flash by your eyes because you watch the beginning of the series becoming terrible, basically, of Trevor being terrible and convincing him to do this and so on. I wish maybe maybe in the future we'll get like a version of events like an alternate universe where we do get Mike going to Harvard. That'd be interesting because I bet you that exists in their in their back pocket because a lot of shows do that later on in the series. They do like a what if episode. Anyway, so I mean, I see the uh, show would do a what if. Please don't do a what if show. Don't do it. <laughs> uh, but so Mike, Mike, um, he didn't think it was a big deal, but of course then he's like, boom, you're expelled. It's like boom. And it's his last act as as a, a dean, so you think that that would probably get like you know someone would notice that and be like, this seems unethical. That on the way out the door, he's like, fuck this kid in his whole career. <laughs> but no one, no one does anything with it. He just gets expelled and just gives up, just full on, just gives up. That's what we kind of get from this, and that's why I find it really not that interesting. Is that it's such a boring choice for a character to make? It's just to full on just stop caring for like up until the beginning of the show starts. Um, but then, um, at the same time, we have Harvey, this is, uh, the, the true, well, one of the true, um, versions of the, the, uh, technically this was the original ritual, I guess you could say, <laughs> but they actually quit this one and did a different version of it, but, uh, Harvey goes over to Donna's, and, um, Donna knew that he'd quit, because she, he figured out that the way that, um, the way that Harvey was being pressured to do things there, he didn't want to stay, and she's like, oh, I also quit. So that's convenient. And she's like, I also knew you'd do that because I'm here holding a can of whipped cream <laughs> as I answered the door. I was like, that's great. And uh, they now they both don't work together. So now it's sex we're gonna... Why did they not show them having some sex? <laughs> I was so mad. <laughs> I was like, we went all the way to this flashback to this like one time it ostensibly happened. They don't ever actually show them like doing it, do they, Sam? They no. don't even see them kiss it's, in the scene. I believe it's because Gabriel and Sarah are actually, like, really, really good friends and have been for, like, decades. And, like, it'd be weird for them to actually ever do that on screen. Just make out a little bit. Given their significant (laughs) others, I believe. Fucking do it. 
the chemistry is so intense, though, so it's like, ah, uh, it's like such a blue ball situation where you're like, right up and they almost kiss and the door closes. And it's like, oh my god. But because this, I only say this because this is like an ongoing thing with the show, is that the two of them have this, like, will they, won't they stuff. And it's so close to actually, because we do know that it, that it has been hinted that they had slept together, so now we see it happening, but we don't even see the actual, not yet, I don't want, like, fucking, like, penetration on TV. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, as we could you know, information, Gabriel have been best friends for over 20 years. Wow, and, I didn't know which, that! Yeah, yeah interesting. And, yeah, I guess it would also be just it a reads. weirdness because they're both also, like, been married for a long time, too, to other people. Yeah. It does read, you can totally tell they have that kind of back and forth, but I just, I... I wish. That would have been great. Um, but so, either way, you do see them basically hook up. We don't see it happen, though. And um, uh, meanwhile, Harvey goes back to um, Jessica and says, I'll do it, but I'm only going to do it if I can bring Donna with me. And, of course, I love the difference between Cameron and, and Jessica's. And he goes for a high five. Jessica's just like, <laughs> like nah. Uh, and no. shakes her head. And I was like, oh, power. And she <gasps> walks away. It's not just that she says no. She feels like, no, Harvey. And just <laughs> walks away. So good. Uh, we didn't do enough talking about her because she's not in the episode a ton. But Gina Torres is great on this show. I wish. I wish. What? Gina Torres is great on something? <laughs> what? Breaking but news. It is, <laughs> it is one of those things where the only thing I, I have a hard time with her scenes is they're never long long enough like most of their scenes are kind of because she is like the mentor a lot of her scenes are just sort of her coming in and like giving him like the the runaround of what's gonna happen but there are episodes that are a lot more about and give them to jessica right like oh my god i'm way more way more interesting but so so she's like okay i'll i'll deal with it but um and he says two two conditions um you know donna and so on and and Jessica lets him in because she's like, yeah, of course, that's what I'm here for. And so now Harvey's gonna. This is kind of the, the to, same way we see Mike first. Well, he has to pay. Low, uh, Harvey hits his hot. Uh, I loved that. Salary, by the way. Uh, I liked like, that. So is like, that weird? Oh, I find that interesting and in really like. And then it comes back later in season five when she finds out, and it's right. Although, crazy. yeah, well, as much as I've always enjoyed that, the fact that she didn't realize it, Miss, I know everything. Yeah, come on, girl, get your shit together. I kind of. But I also kind of like... like like the one blind spot she has is like how much he loves her. But that's kind of great in a weird way. But so anyway, so Harvey, um, he... God, you're so emotional, more. What is it? Your period. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Emotions aren't don't belong here. We're talking suits. <laughs> Harvey Harvey tells him to uh, tells Donna to come in, come with him. They go to the, this diner that they eventually go back to. And he's like, she says, of course, yes, but two conditions. Basically, no more fucking, which I just loved. <laughs> and also, what a, what a tragedy. And then, too, I want a huge signing bonus. And I love, there's this great interaction between them because they, like, it's so them. Is it, like, you really, God, she's, like, she's such a good actress, the Donna. She just sort of is like, look, the only reason why, well, one of the main reasons you need me, like, oh, my God, you need me so much, is to stop you from doing stupid things like this. Because Harvey hands her a blank check. And I'm like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, Harvey. <laughs> could you be any more, like, but that's the kind of, like, good naivete that I enjoy about Harvey, is that even, yeah. I mean, maybe he wouldn't do that nowadays, but I still, like, I feel like he's almost, his bluffs are so intense that it's, like, mm. Would someone really be that crazy to bluff like that? I guess so. <laughs> it's like, yeah. But so she's there to, like, kind of rein him in. But she's like, but... And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll write it in then. She's like, no, 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 just this once. And so she's going to choose how much she gets. 
Um, and then they just kind of share, you know, the meal there. Um, in the in the future, oh, and they actually. I wonder what they ate. That's the start of the like the actual like candy ritual. Food. Yeah, because yeah, she grabs weirdly in a weird. I don't think I've ever seen like a waitress walking around. He just with a can lifts opener. it off of her. Like I, she has a can opener in her back. Why did she have the can opener? What it's so confusing because she has the she has like the waitress pad and the can opener in her back. So let me describe this a little better. There's a waitress that it's You're weird. describing it pretty well. Really, well, it's it's weird, so I want to be really explicit. So she comes I just up, want to know a waitress. why a waitress has a fucking can opener. Though, right? Cause... So there's a waitress wearing an apron, and you usually, you know, you put your the writing pad she has to take orders with. Um, she yes. Usually you put that in, like, the front of an apron. She has it tucked into the back where it ties, along with a can opener. It's weird. And so he, she grabbed, and a pen, I think, too. So like, how's this lady able to walk around with this much stuff tucked into her back? But she has I a back to the I could swear the was actually on, like, the tray she was holding, which may have been weirder to me. I'll, no, I'll double check, but I think I'm it's in her sure back. It was on her apron, like I'm pretty it's sure. It's really it weird. And Harvey just grabbed it from her apron. No, Donna does. It's even more. No, it's, no, it's Harvey. Harvey's the oh, grabber. That's why I think it's yeah. weird. Oh, that's even weirder. It is. Well, it's not on can her we, body. Can we roll it's the tape, you guys? Can we? Can we roll the tape? It's pretty fucked. I'll 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 shoot a clip of it and I'll put it in the in the um the description. But it's it's Here, a bizarre choice of yeah. You you confirm it. But so she so they do that and she grabs a can opener for whatever reason. And why would a waitress is she making that much soup that she needs to open cans like nonstop? Like well, they would, a diner in the back of the kitchen anyway. Like, and also, yeah, like well, I have questions beyond. Honestly, like there's no situation where at a diner a can opener should be out in the front. It should be in the back. Yeah, I don't right? even want to know. Like she's not even a chef. She's not even preparing the soup, so it's not even like she would have it because she was like opening soup cans all the time, you know. And it's not a soup restaurant. Like it's okay, like no, which... he grabbed the can opener from her person. What is isn't it weird? <laughs> I went back and watched. That's why I was pretty sure because I was like, what did I? And just she doesn't react at all. No, she she's just like super ass. cash. <laughs> like. She's not it's facing fucked. them. She's facing another table. It's fucked. It's fucked. It's crazy. That's just how. That's just how suave Harvey Specter is. Yeah, why is it like, <laughs> She's got everything wrapped like on her ass, basically. Isn't it weird? <laughs> Isn't it weird? It's where her. It's where her apron ties. It's really weird. It's a weird scene. I don't know what they were thinking. No one carries a pad there because even to get it again, you had to raise no your hands behind your back. Opener, it's a kid. What? <laughs> I know, oh. it's just, it's, it's baffling. But so he grabs the can opener and then thus begins the tradition of them. Um, so there's, uh, we still don't know what actually happens in this, this mysterious ritual, but they decide to start it there. Cause that's the joke of the ritual is that it, you never know what exactly goes on. It's just weird shit happens basically. And, uh, of course, it starts off at the exact same tone, because they just steal a can opener from a woman's person. <laughs> and I wonder if they keep that, that can opener. Could it be the same one the whole time? I hope so. Oh, I wonder God. how that woman didn't realize she just yanked her can opener. Since she she went through the trouble of putting her can opener there. I don't know why she didn't notice. He, he took it. Also, like, is she gonna go back and try and make some soup, and then there's, like... can't open it open it she's like oh fuck where'd that can opener go um but so they walk out with the can opener either way it's that that's now their their new ritual in the present day they meet at the same exact diner um and they're just talking about how she's been kind of distant because of the steven stuff and you're a little bit frustrated and she's like i think very very good communication wise that donna's like yeah i'm glad we're talking about this finally i've been thinking this for a while but you're just kind of also, MIA, whenever I needed to actually go over this with you, you just seem kind of, like, pissy. 
And, yeah, and he, um, so he acknowledges, like, yeah, the relationship bothers him, but, like, as I pointed out, that's not what's affecting anything in his case. Yeah, Harvey like, doesn't do anything. Well. Honestly, you could... Yeah. Like, he's pretty uh, good about again, that. Again, in his mommy issue season, like, it becomes a whole thing where, like, being around Donna is, is like, affecting his, his working, or not being that, around or whatever. that's a lot more explicit than this was. Yeah, here yeah. it's like, no, he, like, yeah, he doesn't like this guy, and he has good reason, honestly, but, like, that's not affecting his case at all. And I find it really refreshing because this scene is genuinely just communication. Like, there's nothing else really even at play in this scene. Nothing moves along. They kind of just get on the same page with each other. And I found that really nice because it's just sort of like, let's just clear something up. And I think, I mean, in one way it kind of just it clarifies the ongoing drama between them and that's nice. But it also just sort of clarifies, I think, that Harvey is not doing wrong. I, I don't know that Donna ever really like fully like was like mad at him about something, but it just sort of sa- seemed like she was thinking he just that he was wanted acknowledgement that he was upset about something right. at least. Yeah, yeah. and he's like, yeah, trust it, me, I you would know if it was affecting case, my like work. Kept saying, yeah, it's not. It's definitely not. Although we barely see any of the case because it's barely. Well, was... ten years ago, everyone is a monster to Lewis. That was awful. Yeah. That was so awful. She reads him like it was crazy. So, who so there, who has nuts. ever actually enjoyed any of like the like the breaking Lewis? Lewis? Like I've never what? enjoyed that. It's I mean, so I already, was, I already was a fan of Rick Hoffman just as a character actor from like he's other fantastic. shows, especially like Samantha Who. He's great on Leverage. Samantha Who. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, he's great, but like I don't understand why. I, I understand, well, I do, because he, he is supposed to be propped up as a villain for the first couple seasons, Except but he, by this he, point, like, it should be... I think, actually, by season two, like, they yeah. realize he's not, like, even close to yeah. a villain. Even by season one, there's a couple episodes yeah. where you find out, like, oh, he's just obsessed with being, like, just, yeah. justful, or whatever you want to call he it. Like, he's, he's, like... He's, like, basically a by-the-book lawyer. He's not, like, right. a, he's not a bad guy. He's not, like, a creep or anything, either. He's actually, like, a really... Like, I think it's pretty early on in season one, if, if like, not during the pilot, even just past the pilot, you're like, oh, he's, like, an awkward guy, but, like, he's not, like, evil. But even the pilot, like, he is a complicated person in the pilot, but he's just miss... He's just a miss... He goes yeah, he's far. an asshole to, like, all the young associates, but, like, who wasn't an asshole to all the young associates? But he wasn't. He, he kind of was. He just, he doesn't understand. Like, he doesn't actually fire some kid his first, the first, first Mike's first day. He just, like, pretends he has a, a mailroom guy come up and pretend to get fired. And that means he probably yeah, paid right? him for it. So it was a, it was just a stupid trick that he uses to try and get, like, the authority of the situation. Probably because he has a hard time getting authority because from people because everyone shits on them all the we time. Harvey saying things like, I'm not like other associates. Like, oh, fuck. That was like, nuts! After being <laughs> so, like, humble, like, the, the rest of, like, the flashbacks, like, all of a sudden Harvey's like, I'm gonna be a huge dick on my first yeah. official day at work. <laughs> it's like, like when they finally the put the, it's like when they finally put the helmet on Darth Vader and you're like, oh, <laughs> I'm finally gonna become, like, that guy. And I understand, like, there's a certain amount of smarminess that's kind of just the, the textbook, like, how it is at Pierce and Hardman. But it just comes across, this scene especially, just, they, they really, it's like Harvey's like, go ahead, do your worst. And, and Donna just, like, smiles, like, preens, like, and, shows oh her teeth, God, and then tears she, into him. She's a monster to him. It's awful! <laughs> and he's just like, I need a day! And it's, the, it's supposed to be a punchline, but I'm like, no, he does need a day. That was upsetting for him. I don't know. I, I find, I find <laughs> this stuff like, with Lewis really hard the- to sit through sometimes. What my assumption is with Lewis is that, like, they cast Rick Hoffman, who is great, and, like, with, with Hoffman, especially, at like, before Sue's, like, the, like, the expectation is that he's gonna be, like, the smarmy, like, cutthroat guy, and then, like, all of a sudden he's, like, like, he was able to play the character with, like, 
an amount of levity you weren't expecting. And it's like, okay, so we're not going to make him this monster. He's just a good guy. That's who, that's yeah. the, the trouble but with then, casting. Like, but yeah. at the same time, they were still kind of playing it like he's supposed to be the bad guy. So you have those moments like that. It's like, no, wait, no, he's he's great. Leave him yeah, alone. It, he's it, I think, like, weirdly, too, like, one of, like, the stronger parts of, like, the later seasons, too, is his, like, fr- like genuine friendship with Donna. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's tough to watch so probably this especially because it's, like, wow, how shitty she used to be to him, which is sad. Yeah. But, like... so monster. Oh, my yeah. God. And, um, and, and the tough thing about him in particular, I think, is partly if when you cast someone like Rick Hoffman, he's gonna... He's gonna act, but Rick Hoffman's bare minimum of acting includes like eighteen different levels of acting. So, it, like his his ability to play a villain, even if it's in one episode of a TV show, you're gonna get like ten different shades of villainy. Like it's, mean, you're never gonna get one person yeah, with him. That original so, pilot script, like this, here's how they describe Lewis just uh, immediately: a young lawyer, Lewis Litt, thirty three, slick, arrogant, quietly exits. That's what we get for him. Yeah, it's basically so, what you would assume would be the Harvey description, essentially. It kind yeah. of is the exact that same is actually, as the Harvey. That's like completely Harvey. Yeah, Harvey. Well, the first time Harvey's included, they actually mentioned too with Clooney looks, the comma. So I was like, all right, well, understandable. Yeah, yeah, and it works. It's true, but it's also like so you get the idea they're both supposed to be slick people, but you're just supposed to like Harvey a lot more because he's supposed to be on our side of things. But really, honestly speaking, even though I find Harvey very interesting on paper. Lewis is by far the more compelling character because he's the one not breaking the law, covering it up. I mean, eventually, I haven't watched further in. I'm sure at some point maybe he also gets complicit. But from the beginning of the series, it's certainly not the same level of culpability that Mike and, and Harvey have. And yeah. it's it's kind of frustrating to watch us have to, like, bump up against that because you get, like, a person trying to, like, help things do well and it's just it's always kind of just there's shit upon for it like it's it's sad kind of he's a tragic character for a lot of the series because he's just trying to do his job and help people and i do like certain episodes later on i I remember um from um the few episodes i've seen of this show (laughs) no but um from a couple of episodes that (laughs) i I remember particular two episodes and some promos I honestly think, I think my favorite episodes I remember, (laughs) yes, I remember some of the episodes with Lewis being some of my favorite, like his stuff with his sister, I think is really pretty good too, but I think he, I find him way more interesting because you have somebody who's conflicted in in a level of, I want to do the right thing, but no one around me respects me. Even though, I mean, yeah. he is a bit of an asshole at times. When he does something still. that they would usually do, and he thinks, like, oh, yeah, they're giving me high five, they're like, no, Lewis, you fucking did the wrong thing. Like, it's, oh, God, they're all terrible to him. Yeah, it's just, it's sad. And I, I don't even know why like he still Trevor. works there. Why does he even work there throughout it? I mean, he should have probably left by now. Because he, he loves it so much, and he loves them, and they're all garbage people. Oh, I just feel bad <laughs> for him. But so, so justice, justice for Lewis Litt. But, uh, so he, he's, gets, I mean, like, torn apart. I don't even really want to quote it back, but basically she just says, like, you need braces, all kinds of crazy stuff. It's really, you have a cat that loves you more, or that you love more than it loves you. I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, why are you bringing this man to task like this? He literally just walked out of an elevator. Like, he caused nothing, like, he did nothing. He just says, why are you back? You shouldn't be back for two years all or he said, All he said was, like, who is this? And, like, that yeah, associates he, will get secretaries. He, that's no, true. The, yeah, the, the Lewis, the, let's, we, we should do a little beat by beat for Lewis scene. Lewis walks out of the, or they walk out of the elevator. I mean, and he, he walks, does say it kind of condescending, but at the same a time. A little bit. Like, he's not, not really even though. expecting Harvey to be there, because, like, he's like, you're not supposed to be here for another three years. 
But he just he says, like, oh, hi, Harvey, what are you doing back here? It's not that mean or aggressive. And he's just like, you know, I expected you back three years from now. Like, the problem, I think, with Lewis is maybe partly that he doesn't communicate super well, so he comes off like he's being arrogant every time, but really he only means to be arrogant some of and the time. <laughs> like, that was just, like, Lewis thinking he was, like, joking around, like Harvey does. But that's the thing, that is the biggest problem I have, is maybe, yeah, that's a better way to say it, is that it's not that Lewis is arrogant, it's not that Lewis isn't arrogant because, again, a lot of the time. Because, the one who says, I'm not like other associates. That's what Right. So, like, what I mean is it's not it's not like Lewis isn't arrogant some of the time. It's that Harvey is arrogant as much of the time. He's just never punished for it. You know? Or maybe not to the degree that he Lewis is. He just never like, held Harvey... accountable as much as no, Harvey is, is Harvey, even when he is being shitty and being held accountable for yeah. it, it's like a pat, tap on the wrist, whereas Lewis, it's like a smack on the face. Like, it's a difference in how and Everyone's being calling treated. him trash and telling him to get braces. <laughs> like, what's wrong with them? Who, who says get braces to a grown man? That's terrible to say to someone. At well, that point, they have chosen not to get braces, or they're not capable of getting well, braces. As we know, leave in alone. Class, yeah. the one before this, he, he gets choose to get the braces because I know, of that's her. even more it's depressing. Monster. It's so <laughs> horrible. But still, like, I I don't understand how that could even ha- Oh my god. Bless bless your heart, Rick Hoffman, for making that character so... Like, honestly, what a complex character. Really. Like, he, he's so interesting to watch. And I feel like that's one of those things where this show is troubled by having characters that good on it when it, it pivots to spend the like, Mike 30, and Trevor. 30 minutes with Mike and Trevor and the boys. Like, it's so stupid. Like, I would take, like, a whole hour of, just, like, Rick Hoffman being great, but that's probably maybe not as interesting a show, but I would certainly like some more of it, at least. But anyway, so he, she you reads get more him, like, Trevor. That's what you deserve. More Trevor. More Trevor. <laughs> but so Donna reads him. He's, like, tr- like literally, like, like, devastated by it leaves leaves the entire firm for a minute he's like i need a day to go just take back my my mental health and then they both like are like boom we're here it's our place now it's our time uh and they're, they're having a good time um in the present uh rachel gets back from her i guess she went to stanford maybe or something or where yeah, did she, she go yeah she flew over. yeah she went to okay, go visit so, stanford and so mike gives her a stanford hat and he's like, I'm, I'm all for this now. Now, I wasn't watching this season as regularly, I don't think. Surprise. But uh, the, Mike and, the Mike Stanford thing felt really ridiculous as well. Like, he was like, I don't want you to go to Stanford, blah, blah, blah. That felt so, like, what are you watching? Like, why would you crush your girlfriend's dreams like that? <laughs> like, it's shitty. And- Obviously, everything worked out. Like, hey, she didn't get to Harvard. She needed a backup plan. Because, like, basically, like, if... If they're even going to let you go to, like, any other college, like, you have, like, the one thing, the one, you can't get to Harvard, they would want you to get to Yale, can't get to Yale, you should get to Stanford, like, of course I you find, can get to Stanford. I find that kind of, like, a plot to be so completely un- uninteresting whenever we have, it's a pretty common trope, I think, across certain sitcoms and, and uh, dramas, where you have the person getting into a school they want to go to. And then there's a person who's conflicted because it means they're going to have to go. It's the whole plot of five-year engagement. But, like, it's, it's like, oh, I don't know if I want to, like, deal with the fact that you're going to have to move away. And either we'll have to do long distance or whatever. I'm like, fuck you for trying to crush your friends. She's actually going to law school, Mike, so deal the fuck with it. It's being an adult. It's like, look, if you can't accept someone trying to do what's best for them then you are not in a committed relationship with them, really. Truly. Because it's not worth our time. You have no leg to stand on in this argument. But also, like, why throw that in there as, like, a background of, like, let's just make Mike even more uninteresting. <laughs> like, he should at least be, like, th- what really would have been interesting with him is he was super, Yeah, Mike, like, don't be the Trevor in this relationship. Yeah. <laughs> he should be, 
he could have been, like, super gung-ho about it and then let her figure out why it's hard for him to be this gung-ho. Like, you don't have to make him, like, a villain, almost. Like, to, to yell at her, like, it's a bad idea to go. Like, make him, like, make her have to go to him and figure out, like, he's gonna be really upset about the fact that she's leaving. Like, that's fine. That's still just as interesting a plot. You just don't make him look so shitty in the process. But yeah. so she, he he eventually does come around for no reason, really, other than just, he just is like, alright, I've, I've had your time away. I'm now back on your side. I've, like, reminisced about my shitty time with Trevor. And he shows her the Harvard acceptance. And I'm like, I guess maybe we're supposed to understand that he's bitter? Like, well, that's even more uninteresting. He's gonna tell her the whole shitty story when she gets, when he gets back. Yeah, so. he's like, gotta go. I'll be right back and tell you the whole flashback. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. He's like, about the time I said Negro a bunch. Oh, it's awful. <laughs> and also, like, And she's I like, don't... hello, you know I'm black, right? And <laughs> also, like, break up, and we're all happy. Is that really what we're supposed to, I mean, I think it is, but is that really what we're supposed to take away from this, is that he basically is saying, look, I'm bitter about how I didn't get to go to Harvard, and I've been taking it out on you, because- fucking yikes like what a terrible plot for a character to be like kind of I think he, romantically he, telling i don't know if you're saying that exactly i think he realized that he was being the trevor in the situation but maybe that yeah maybe if we're being nicer about it but he yeah, just wa- so. he wants to tell her the whole story and the, i guess the, the sentence letter is technically the beginning of that story right and so she's like okay but also like what's shitty timing he's like gotta go real quick but i'll be right back <laughs> it's like why even come just just show the scene after the later scene like <laughs> we did not need to see this is so stupid i say this because basically he goes to her apartment and then like literally she walks well, in the door and says they're living together at this point right oh maybe i don't know yeah I, it's their I, apartment right remember. yeah but he yeah. he leaves like the second she walks in the door i'm like couldn't we just have seen the scene later on like it's so dumb. But so he, we he leaves. To, we have to end, end on the scary call, baby. But so he, we find out later on, Cameron was indeed, well, in quotation marks, bluffing. And Mike is, like, character... Uh, but he's not bluffing anymore. Yeah, Mike is characteristically arrogant about the fact that he's 100% sure he's bluffing, which is the same problem he got into with Trevor. Dun, 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 there's the parallel. And it turns out that Cameron is actually bluffing, but... In this process, Stephen Har- uh, Stephen Huntley has led him directly to um, the original witness he needed. So it's actually yeah, 100% like, told, legit. He went We're to going him to and told him. But yes, Don Quixote is a piece of shit. And isn't the next episode the one where Harvey beats the shit out of Stephen? Yes. Oh, oh so please. I'm going to watch that now. <laughs> it's a very good scene, Maura. You should watch that. I, yes. If it's anything like that baseball scene, which I've, I've rewound to get in quotation marks, the dialogue again. Stephen in the bathroom. It's great. It's better. He punches in the him bathroom? Like, a mirror, and it's great. Okay, yeah, because everyone, everyone on suits fights in bathrooms. This is like I, a that's a very common theme. I will say about the show, well, one thing I, I didn't comment on is that halfway through the flashbacks, I was just so mad about the Trevor shit. I was like, I hate the color of the flashbacks, too. The thing with this particular season is that, like, uh, so like dark. the Michelle Fairley stuff is not good, despite everyone no. assuming it would be, because, like, this is, like, her first thing after Game of Thrones. And like the British stuff was nonsense, but I feel like overall the season was pretty decent. And then I think next season with like all the Hardman stuff was the British uh, stuff feels too. so yeah the Hardman stuff I remember being good, but the the British stuff I think is it, it's so it was great. There was, was like great Lewis stuff and all the again. British stuff. There was great Lewis stuff and all it. Well, Lewis is great in most things, but yes. Um, but like what's weird is that it, it, it is to me such a Mad Men play that you think that they would not want to like you know telegraph too closely with the exact same plot of a of a i guess it wasn't quite the exact same thing but it's still uh, like the british come in and they change everything and it's a whole thing i don't know it's i find it really kind of weird because then they become a partner and everything it's guys i'm sending sick. you an image because i need to know when are we getting this harvey flashback there's a another one 
I, well, think I, I, I knew a picture this was gonna be. <laughs> oh my god! I'll include that in the link description. Beverly Hills 90210, I believe the first season. Fuck. I, I hate myself a lot. Um, alright, so, uh, so, yeah, so that was basically the episode. one here. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Gabriel Mock looks great on this show. Like, him and his mole are, like, A+. And, like, <laughs> I, I find, you like, his hair. SWAT 2? Because I assume you'd watch. Oh no! Movies. I have to watch more movies for my 366 challenge. You don't so I have to watch that, that movie ever. I, well, I'm going to. It's but, um, Harley Pope. Like what? Is, oh god! What a casting situation. But he has like this this hair on this show that is just relentless. Like I don't know what it is about his whoever styles the hair on suits is just knocking it out of the park every episode. As oh far my as I'm god, concerned. Laura! Are you sure it's suits fantastic. for the rest of the day? Probably. But no, it's not just him, though. It's, like, everybody. Like, Jessica, Donna... It is even, pretty Rachel. Cast. It's really, really good. And the, the hair is fantastic. And makeup, I guess, too. But so, um... But yeah, so they, they basically... And also, it found, uh, Harvey goes to talk to Jessica real quick. But, um, he... It's, like, a turnabout situation where he brings her up to the roof. Which is, like, honestly, if the two of them... If he brings her up to the roof, shouldn't she already know? It's, I mean, she kind of does, I guess. But, like, it just seems like a bad idea. Like, she should just be like, no, I don't want to go to the roof. And then they can't do this. But he brings her to the roof and he says, look, I'm getting Ava Hessington acquitted. And I made, basically, a black mark deal to get the managing partner position. But he's like, I don't want it anymore. But Jessica's like... Basically, like, oh, fuck yeah, you, you, you wanted it in the first place, so get out of my sight. And I think that's gonna probably be wrapped up soon after, but I, it, it, <laughs> I it just like seems- I feel like past that. Yeah, but it's just, it's, it's ironic because it's one of those things where it's like, oh, man, Harvey, you see, like, where Harvey has gone, basically become the person he used to hate, which is pretty, I guess, powerful, but I, I find Harvey to be pretty black and white most of the time. I think this is an episode where they kind of deal mostly with the shades of gray. He yeah. he's a little bit less. Like I you yeah, you no actually right. get so to see Harvey's the next episode to see the fight. You're going to yeah. love it. You see Harvey yeah, really so stand good. up for like law too, which is nice. Like all the stuff with Cameron, I think he really like it's offended by what Cameron does. And you kind of get that impression to me, which is nice. I find it refreshing because you don't really sometimes Harvey's almost too slick and you forget because he is willing to break the law pretty casually by appointing Mike as his associate. It's a shame because I feel like if the show had had a little bit different of a plot line, like we were mentioning before, it like might have been a little bit more. Like if it just didn't have Mike Ross, that would be a great show. I mean, either either didn't well, have Mike I mean, Ross or had Mike Ross come in Ross as a paralegal. Better. It would have been way better because then he would have been the competition to Rachel. It would have been way more interesting. Right? It's, it's, it all starts with having no Trevor. That's the key. Also, also, oh, what's great about this is not only is there a competition that he likes Rachel, obviously, but, like, she can't go to law school and he can't go to law school, so they'll bond over that. And then they'll both figure out a way to make each other go to law so school. That would be great. Person, like, be like, this is not suits, Fucking yes. similar characters to suits. Yes. There's no uh, association. The I don't want people to know this is happening for next pilot. <laughs> Uh, I love it. But yeah, so, but it'd be a way more interesting plot, in my opinion. Because I find it, I mean, I, I don't mind the, I mean, the legalness of it, we, but. We've been through, like, obviously, the gimmick is what, like, got the show made. Got but the yeah, show in the air. There is a version of the show that, like, makes more sense, at least. That, like, and the problem, I think, is partially that you, they basically start to show off handicapped because at some point. Mike has to be exposed. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, he has to be And the longer it's, it's it goes, flaw. unless you want to, like... Because I can understand in the beginning, like, wanting to root for him, but, like, the longer the show goes, and, like, the more ridiculous it gets that he hasn't been found out, like, you want him to be caught, because, like, fuck you, dude. Yeah, it's... Unless a, you're, like, a, a huge douchebag, like, you're the same kind of person who, like, thought Walter White was the hero of 
Breaking Bad. It's ironic. You probably also is... really love The Wire. <laughs> yes. Um, but what's what's troubling too is that it's actually I, I we mentioned it as a USA show. It's a very similar plot to Psych. Like Psych has the exact same um, conceit: is that Sean is lying about being a psychic, and we yeah. do have to do with the fallout of them it's exposing like, him. And the... like plot, like is also dumb as fuck. <laughs> like they're detectives, and they don't realize he's, he's a psychic. Lazy and he's like, so his idea is to become a psychic detective for the police. Like, just become a cop. Like just become a cop. Just, just become a cop. a cop. Or just become a, a, a consultant. He doesn't even have to be a cop. You could be just, like, a criminal consultant. I mean, the whole thing was, yeah, because he was too lazy. He was never going to become a cop. But, like, he got to a point where he's crazy. He could it's pass like, the bar without blinking. If he just if he just did a bar if he did a bar exam, he could probably become some kind of a half-shit lawyer and then just be a consultant for the rest of his life. But yeah, he still easy. has to, to graduate college, Mora, and, and law I know, school. but You keep ignoring genius. that part of passing the bar. If he did, like, online stuff, he could figure out a way to get through law school. I'm telling you. These, both him and Mike Ross are just such shitty excuses. And I, I'm like, it's no it's no surprise to me to, that they're both eventually found out for it. Because they're just so lazy. It's like, well, I'm surprised it took this long. <laughs> like, they're not even subtle about Like, Mike is, there are points when Mike is, like, so blatantly not a lawyer. It's nuts. Like, in the first season especially, they're really, like, tap dancing around it. Where it's like, Lewis is asking, like, his former, his, um, his, uh, nephew... You know, I think it's even the pilot where he's like, "I my nephew graduated your year," and he's like, "Oh, he doesn't remember you." And Mike's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, I remember his name." And like, Lewis would never follow up with his nephew about this. Like, this is bullshit. But Mike doesn't even try and like. Honestly, the first thing I would do is if I was trying to pretend this, you could try and take some kind of like, just pass to the bar anywhere, or yeah. just go to college somewhere as you're working there, night classes or something. So at least you have your butt covered at the end of the day. I lied about being from Harvard, not from having a law degree. Like, that's nuts. Anyway, so, uh, so that's Suits, guys. Um, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> man. I recommend watching it because I feel like it's one of those shows that is incredibly interesting, even though it could be very infuriating from time to time. It's... And uh, at worst case scenario, you've got a lot of very attractive people that are worth looking at, in my opinion. Great hair. <laughs> great hair, great makeup. Great glass offices. Very nice. Yes, it's a very aesthetically pleasing show, too. I remember yeah. that. That's probably what eventually, um, originally pulled me into it, is that there's a lot of really nice, like, long shots of, like, the hallways of everyone just meeting. It's very pretty. And so, you know, if you if, <laughs> if that's your bare minimum for why you watch a show, <laughs> you'll have that going for it. But, uh, yeah. So, uh, do you have any other wrap-up thoughts? Did we get to everything, guys? Yeah, I think we're, I think we got to everything. All right, Sam, are you sure you right. got to everything? I got to everything. I love that. Um, I think the one thing I really found funny about watching the pilot in around the same time as this episode's flashbacks, or a little bit afterwards, um, it existed at a time where hearing Vampire Weekend on TV was just cool enough. <laughs> like that was it. Like, <laughs> yeah, they, they played James Blake on the last roof scene. Like, yeah, and, like just like a little bit of it. I'm like, yep. They really, I think they relied on stuff like that more than some shows would, where it felt like, look, we're playing Vampire Weekend on TV, isn't that crazy? But back then it felt like, wow, which is not even that long ago, but it was enough. But uh, yeah, so this was Suits. Um, I stand by the fact that I, even though USA Network is not good, it to me is like decaf tea or something, because you don't always want to like stay up all night, but sometimes you just want to drink tea. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't love a lot of shows on USA Network anymore, but this is, like, probably the last of the ones that I watched, besides Monk. Um, did you not see Mr. Regular. Robot? Oh, yes. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I did watch Stupid Mr. Robot. Stupid idiot. 
That was that was better. It's though. I don't Mr. Really Robot the doesn't feel like a USA show. It's yeah, like, it, it yeah. kind of falls out are, of that same. We get, premise, are we all gonna watch of. Queen of the South, you guys? No, I haven't seen Primus. What, what's that <laughs> look like? Is it good? You haven't seen that? They even play Kanye in the damn preview. Oh, I'll look into it. Queen of the South. So I'll leave that in the, the link description. It sound, sounds interesting. It's about drugs in the oh, South. Drugs. The lady. So I mean, this is like, oh, I, I did like see. I think I did see a preview for this. Like, tell you what the show's I, about. I think I saw this at a uh, at a movie. I think this was like in the preview of like a one of those like first. Uh, it was a first look. Yeah, a little yeah. Bit first look. <laughs> yep, I bet this is exactly what I was looking at. Yeah, it is. Oh, it does look good. So I'll I'll definitely check this out. I didn't know where it, I thought it was on a different channel. All right, well that that seems interesting. Do you guys watch any other shows on USA? Like, is there anything else besides? I watch Literally, Suits and Mr. Robot. That's about it. Yeah. So yeah. this is we're probably nearing the end of our USA stuff, guys. It's crazy. I don't yeah, think we'll I ever, we're unless Mr. Robot, Robot really fucks this. up. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> we'll have to really fucking go real down the tubes. What if we, like, but... found, like, let's find someone, like, who, like, just hates Mr. Robot and, like, let them Aww, speak about it. I don't want to know that person. Why? It'd be shitty. Like, what would they hate about it? I don't know, but, like, let's just find someone. And we don't even have to say anything. We just, like, let them. I mean, it has its flaws, but it's not, not bad enough to, like, you know, go I want to see if someone, like, just fucking hates the show. And I think we can make a, a, a good a bit out of this. Yeah, if anyone out there hates the show, tell us. Latoya, in the meantime, you can do your best to, to, to find them on your own. But I'd, I'd be interested, because I don't. it doesn't really come across as a kind of show that gets, like, a lot of divisiveness, but I'm sure there are people out there that... Not, I, everybody hates something. So, so there's gotta be but somebody out there. how do you feel about like, Chris and Raymond? Hmm. Jesus Christ, Moore, are you okay? I, you are the worst yes-ander ever. It yeah. just hit me what you were saying, because I was in the middle of taking a sip of water. You stupid idiot! <laughs> you stupid idiot! Happy birthday to Mara. This is also <laughs> a good Father's Day episode, because like I said before, the father issues are thriving on this show at all times. So, um, happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. Uh, to everyone who has a father, don't be a <laughs> Trevor to your father. Or, because... or Mike. Or even a Harvey, to be honest. Like, watch out, Harvey's out there. Because I feel like that that could be a really troubling person to be for a father. But, uh, yeah. Be Lewis's. Be the Lewis you need in your life, guys. God. <laughs> um, alright, well, let's Bad move on advice. to plugs, then. <laughs> What's up with you, LaToya? I would like to plug uh, the animated series Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, starring Gary <laughs> Cole. <laughs> and that's about uh... it. Did they ever actually, like, make a pun on that while he was on this? That'd be no, great. I don't believe they did. What a waste, because they did all those smart, sassy pop culture references. You didn't they make used pop one. culture <laughs> references. I don't know if they would be smart based on what I've no, put out. Yeah, oh, no, I had sarcasm. But, uh, yeah, so... Oh, sarcasm. If you had to say sarcasm more, you did sarcasm poorly. <laughs> I'm just letting you know, that's another thing you failed at today. Happy birthday. <laughs> Alright, and then your Twitter is at LaFergs, right? I guess, yeah. I was only plugging Harvey Berman and turning it off, okay. so I don't know why you're bringing my Twitter into this. Okay, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Uh, and what's up with you, Sam? My Twitter handle is Burrito Prophet, and my icon is a raptor. That's about what's up with me. Do it. Well, follow, follow Sam on Twitter if you want more people. Your Twitter's better than Morris, that's for sure. That is very for sure. I 100% agree with that. Thank you, Sam. And then, as always, I am at Mar E on Twitter. The next episode of this show is going to be another 306 episode, uh, this time Saved by the Bell. 
It's our 4th of July episode, so happy birthday, America. I feel like um, we've done 5 million Saved by the Bell episodes. We've only done one. This is our second. It's we actually also, our first We did the movie and we did uh, the new class. That's already more right. from Saved by the Bell than anyone ever needs to do. But, um, so, uh, stay tuned for that. It's it's our, our 4th of July special. You can find us on Twitter at The Televoid. You can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes. You get a drunk uh, commentary episode of... The Entourage movie, which Latoya is still furious about having to do at some point. Oh no! Make it happen! Oh my God! Please, for that alone, that'll be like the intro. Is I'll try and make a version of this. Oh no! Please, you go rate, subscribe us, make that happen, and then um, uh, you can find us at thetelvoid.com. And in the meantime, thanks for wanting to Telvoid. See you next time. Bye bye. That's another thing you failed at today. Happy birthday.